Welcome to the Family Unit Radio Show. The purpose of this show is to inspire, inform, and minister to you the truth about family from the Word of God. Now here's your host. Hello, and thank you for being part of the Family Unit Radio Show. I am your host, Cleaver Rose, and I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of this wonderful radio experience. I want to really want to chime in on a couple of things this week that I am very, very fortunate to really talk to you about. This week, um, this is the last week of this series. Um, this is one of the most unique ones that we're going to be broadcasting about because it's going to be digging deep into the roles of really what the wife roles is in in, in, the, in the marriage. And it's really good, unique because of God using this as an opportunity to really expound the truth that needs to be said. Now, some cases, some people probably don't understand the roles because how in this society the roles are being very miscued into something that's totally not biblical. Like, for instance, you got roles changes that the men act like women, women act like men. And even in the marriage, it's acting like the husband is becoming the wife and the wife becoming the husband. In a lot of roles going on today, especially in the marriage, the roles are being reversed because of, of the liar, which is Satan, giving the, the, the ideals that the roles supposed to be include in with equal, uh, uh, equality, in other words, which that's egalitarianism. Which that is another term is another it, no, emphasis on not biblical because God never brought a man and a woman to be exactly the like. That's why they differ from so many ways. And when you get the logistics of the truth that God made a man first and a woman and out a man, it gives you the whole meaning that God did this intentionally. And why God did it intentionally? Because his perfect will. That's the main focus. God's will is always perfect. And when you look at the perfect will of God and the, the, in what he said in his word, it gives you the, all the meaning and the, and the reasons behind all of it. So that's why it's so important to read, your word, read the word of God for yourself. You don't need to give people opinions or their observations to get the logistics on what God had to say in the roles of marriage. So we're going to dig deep into this today because one of the huge things that is really being, being lied in the church today is that women could run homes. They can, but not to run the family that God calls a man to do. But the, the roles that a wife has is a certain role that God gave them. And we're going to talk and expound about that today. But to really go a little bit further with this broadcast, uh, I want to thank each and every one who really listened into the broadcast. It's going to be in a series form. So you can access it anytime you want to. We will put the link on there after the series end. So you guys going to be able to um, listen and be able to uh Tune in more of what this this biblical truth is about, but let me go into this whole thing, and and also introduce my beautiful wife, who really put the hard work into bring this out here, and I really do commend her for her work and her effort into doing this because if it wasn't for her obeying God into doing these things, 
it's really, really, really wow, Nia to this day age. So I want to introduce my beautiful wife once again, Miss Tawanda Rose. <laughs> Add to the, my boob. How you doing, baby? Doing good, doing good. All right. Now, I know I say a lot today. I kind of like feel like awestruck and feel a little bit saddened because it's our last broadcast for right now. And I say for right now, I'm just joking. Mm. <laughs> but um, I really just wanted to thank you, boo, for your obedience from God to really dig deep into what God's saying. And also really putting the efforts into knowing that you use these same practices that you are you wrote down. And this is really remarkable. I just wanted to tell you that because some husbands probably wonder what is, no, I know I'm learning my role and the more they learn their role, the more it seems like they get, you know, lots of resistance and ops, you know, a, uh, you know, no, a lot of things, opposition going on with them. And when you get all that going on, especially against in the world, against them, you know, when we're trying to walk in biblical roles, you get these things going on in their lives. So I want you to tell me something here. What is it that you notice in our society today, in the body of Christ, that the roles of a man or woman that God has given to the wife, to the man, to the husband, to the wife? What do you notice? How is it start to become a shift change? Well, basically, what I see is that people don't want to embrace what the Word of God say. And, you know, maybe some of the older people from long ago probably knew these things, but they didn't pass the information down because as society changed, people changed their views of how people are supposed to be, which, you know, if we're in Christ, we are not supposed to change our views to go along with society. We must remain as you know, followers of Christ and uphold what God's word says, his standards and things like that. And so I see that in the church, we, you see more of people bringing in the world's ways of doing things and they're making that to be um, what God wants everybody to fall under. And so, you know, people don't really know what roles to even carry out in their homes and their lives and things like that and so it's, it's brought on a lot of confusion mm. and you can see the breakdown of the the home and the family because people have just you know left god's ways it, it just fell by the wayside and it's not being embraced and then when when, when someone is you know walking in that they're just trying to remain in the biblical ways of doing things <laughs> it's sad that you see people in church you know, they get this funny look on their face or they have, you know, comments that are very derogatory. Right. And, I mean, just questioning why are you doing what you do. Times today, they'll say things like, well, you know, times have changed and this and that. But we see in the Word of God that God never changes. Right. His Word has never changed. Absolutely. So why would we make statements like that? Because we take it in world, worldly aspects of everything and not really taking the time to really ask the Lord for truth if you are a child of God. 
And then, you know, I think a lot of people, maybe the, maybe, you know, the younger generation and maybe even our generation or maybe even some of our parents' generation, maybe they have, you know, pretty much operating in ignorance because mm-hmm. they really don't know these things because it hasn't really been taught to them mm-hmm. that this is what, this is God's ways. And so some of it could be ignorance. Right. Expe- I was, I would think that especially with our generation on down, it could be that maybe they just don't know, haven't heard it, or it just wasn't made plain and it wasn't, you know, no made to, no for us to understand right. that these are God's ways. And so we don't really understand that there's a difference between how God views things and how the world views it. And so with the way things have come into the church the way it is, you know, people they just don't know that there is a difference. Mm. A lot of people don't really know of the old ways. And right. so I, I know a lot of times, you know, since we're gonna be talking about the roles of um, you know, a believing wife you know, a lot of these roles, um, people will say, okay, those are traditional things. And even people will go to the point of saying, oh, that's a 1950s wife. <clears throat> well, yeah, in the 1950s, you may see a lot of women, um, they were operating like this. But even in the 1950s, they had problems. Yeah, And absolutely. everything was not perfect in the 1950s. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they were everything that they were doing was biblical because, you know, you can be doing something... You could be doing right things or what people say it's right, but your heart and your mind is not into it. Mm. So that right there in itself does not make it biblical. Right. I also noticed something too, and this is something like a history note. Um, let's We could go way back into the 1800s when women won't have rights to vote or the women won't have rights. Some of those values that you just said right there that's from a biblical standpoint or was took it out of content of thinking that women did not have a voice because women wants to be a, I mean, get though granted women did have a voice, you know, we, they did, but the point of having them not to have the right to have a voice is was took it out of context. What I mean, yeah, it was taken out of context because think about it. This is not about women not having a voice. Right. God has always, always seen man and woman as equal. Right. In His image, right? He created us all in His image, so we are equal. Right. But the thing is, when it comes to a husband and wife, He did give us different roles, right. and those roles that we have is not because one person is uh more important than the other mm-hmm. that's not that's not the reason for it so it's not like the man is more important and the woman is less important or the man is more and the woman is less it's not about that mm-hmm. because that's not the way god treats us now that's the way we as humans see it right because you know of course the people in the world are not going to understand it but a believer in christ should see it different right. we should be seeing it from god's perspective not from the way humanly how we see things absolutely and so that's why we have a hard time embracing these things and understanding that there is a differences in the role we keep wanting to have this fight for everyone to be on an equal scale right okay well if you already know you're equal right what do you need to fight for you just operate you just operate in the role that god gave you for a reason Mm -hmm. now of course, yes, people do sin. Right. You know, a husband may be sinning, 
yeah. and not operating in his role correctly, but that doesn't give the wife an excuse not to operate in her role. Absolutely. Because see, she's putting more of her trust in her husband, which is a human man, than in God the Father. True. The creator. Right. So right. you have to really like look at that. So we can't just look at the fact that our situations aren't idea and then we cop out with an excuse. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because, you know, like we said before, we were left, you know, after salvation, we were left in this world, you know, to continue to walk out our salvation. God did not just take us out of the world after we, you know, you know, asked Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Right. We were left here for a reason. And so now we have to walk the walk of faith. So if we don't ever have any type of trials and tribulations and things going on, if we just had a perfect world and we was living under this utopia, there would be no need for us to exercise faith. Right. Not right. faith in people, but faith in God. Faith in what his word says and, you know, just just believing in who he is right in his plans and purposes for us so that's what we're moving towards so all of this is about that it's not about people you know having equal rights and being happy and things like that i mean that's just beside the point mm-hmm. and of course the world would look at it that way that's all they know but it shouldn't be like that for our believer in christ we should not be looking at life from that perspective because we're not going to be able to be the light if we're so focused on things, looking at it the way everyone in the world looks at it. We're not going to be able to help them out of darkness. Amen. Right. I totally agree with you because um, the way that I see the world trying to emanate the, the, the equal plane for a, a man and a woman, it looks distorted from the, from the Christian, no, not for Christian, but biblical standpoint. They're trying to emulate a lie, if you want to say it like, a woman could do things like a man or could do more like a man. And also they're trying to put into the emphasis that a man could do things like a woman could. This is where... And but that's is, missing the point. That's, yeah. that's missing God's whole point. Right. That that is, you're, you're, you're fighting against one another and that is that's that's all Satan. Right. Satan has brought that confusion in. That's what he did in the garden beforehand. Right, because there is no <clears throat> need to be fighting one another like right. that. Right. I mean, because you know, that all of that that strife and confusion and everything. Right. That that's not going to get us to where God wants us to be. Amen. And that comes from looking at it wrong. If you're looking at it wrong, yes, you're going to take it that way. Right. Because God is not it's not like God want people to be living under, you know, these, you know, be living in a, a sense of, well, I'm going to be oppressed by another person. It's not that he wants that. And so, you no, know, like we were talking about submission, how it's like a dirty word. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and women are fighting that these days. This word submission is just like you are asking them. It's like a death sentence for them yeah. to ask them to submit. But because it's, it's because they have been given the wrong understanding of what submit is. Right. Mm. Yeah, the world may cause submission with something, but God causes something else. And it's not even for the same purpose that everybody else would be looking at it. Cool. So when we, until we can get back to God's plan... And purpose for things, we're gonna miss it, and then we're we're gonna be just like the world. We're gonna become hostile towards the things of God. And how can you be a child of God and be hostile towards the things of God? Yeah, and and you know, it's so it's sad. like you're his enemy now. Yeah, but look at what's so sad about it. Um, P 
people don't even go in and ask the Holy Spirit to lead them to the truth, which we're about to embark into. Well, in every child God who has you know has the Holy Spirit living in them, that's his job. His job is to lead them to truth. Right. Well, if he's living in them and he's not leading them to truth, then they've allowed him to just what be in them, be inside of them, and he's just dormant. That's basically what's going that's on. That's not. That's that. There's no power in that. Absolutely. That makes a powerless <clears throat> God, His Holy Spirit, would just sit there dormant inside of a believer and can't do anything. Well, that's what's going on with society. What's, that's what's going on with the uh, people in the church who claim of who being Christians, literally allow themselves to not let God perfect them into to the ways of Him. That's why we're going to. First Timothy chapter five verse fourteen, and I want you to read that because, you know, I'm going to say this before you read it, boo. Um, what bothers me now, the most, is that you have so many people in the body of Christ, men, women. I'm saying this because a lot of men allow this to happen. They allow women to run the church, to really run it. And it's not, they don't have the roles correctly. Which tells me that the man, God, who's leading the church is not running his house correctly. Right, because if you think about it, churches are made up of families. Right. So, whatever's going on at home, they're bringing it into the church. Absolutely. So, if it's not going right at home, then it's no wonder why it's not going right in the church. Because the church is made up of families. Exactly. And that's why we need to really bring this in with First Timothy chapter five verse fourteen, because something in it brings the whole emphasis of what God calls a biblical godly wife to do. Go ahead, read, boo boo. Okay, King James version says, for and this is in First Timothy chapter five verse fourteen. It says, "I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children." Guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Now, we're going to read a couple other translations and I'm going to go back and explain some wordings here. Okay. Okay, in the New King James it says, Therefore I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Mm-hmm. The ESV says, so I would have the younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. The NASB, the NASB says, therefore I want younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. Now, we have some words here that I looked up in the... Uh, Strong's Concordance right? that needs to be brought out and we're going to um, these are words from the King James Version like the word adversary and um, in the Concordance that's uh, Greek number 480 and it's the word uh, anti-chemia anti-chemia yeah chemina, chemina, yeah. I don't know how to say it but it's, <laughs> it means um, to lie uh, to lie opposite to uh, be adverse be contrary, withstand, or oppose. Mm, that's deep. And then the word reproachfully 
is um, the Greek number 5484. It's the word charon, which means through favor of, on account of, because for, for sake of, or for the pleasure of. Wow, wow. Now there's some more um, Greek words I have here, and it's the word... Um, it's the uh, Archaeus del Sopotetia. I can't even say that, I'm sorry. If I say that wrong, just help me with that. Right. It's um, Okio Despoteo, which is the Greek number 3616. It means to rule or guide, which is run the house. Mm. And then we have, uh, this is the Greek word for keep house. And here are some other Greek meanings. Um, you got the word uh, Okirgos. Yeah, Okirgos. Yeah, uh, it's a Greek for, yeah. it's the Greek number 36. Two six, it comes from the root words okios. Right. And we've heard that before. Yeah, okios is a really that's powerful. The, the yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah. Store. Store. Right. Yeah. yeah right, exactly. Right. And this is a uh, Greek number three six two four. It means a dwelling, a home, or a household. Then we have ergon, which is the Greek number two zero four one. It means to work, labor, or be employed. In these verses, um, our core ghost is a worker or keeper at the home and is someone who guards or manages the dwelling, the mm -hmm. home. So that's where you get keeper of the household. Do you know it's amazing when you says uh no ergon right there? They use the word ergon a lot when you deal with the things with the house. And the people who do the things around the house, like your your uh, landscapers, and the orgas used to go around and keep the house around. You know, like the outside of the house, the perimeter, the dwelling, and things like that. A lot of people don't know that word come from that. They use that for the hired help. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's something that people probably think hired help is a wife is a hired help. No, no. They are doing things that normally the, the 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 wife when she was in the home, that's the things that she would have done. She would have kept the, you know, garden looking good, and she would have, you know, kept the house night nice and tidy and things like that. Things that people hire other people to do, right? You know, especially especially people who, you know, have lots of money, they're rich and stuff like that, and wealthy. Yeah, you would think that those were the people that. You know would be more prone to doing that but now we have people just because they work and feel like they can afford it they um, outsource their household duties because they don't have time to do it themselves which that brings to the point about the word adversary you know reading that in in a, in a new king in, in the not new king but James but King James version when he says, I will therefore be uh, to, to that of younger women, marry, bear children, guide the house, give no occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. The word adversary, it, I mean the word adversary to speak reproachfully, when you got that meaning of the adversary, adversary is a person that's a, that's a, that will oppose you, want to bring contrary to you. Want to be the one that wants to keep you from doing what you know is best for you. Mm -hmm. You see, 
But if you look at the word reproachfully, when you said the word like favor of or and or on account of because for, it's almost like the adversary have a pleasure want to bring opposition towards you. That's basically if you look at it. So when God said young women, now a lot even though other translations says young widows, but of course we know that in a lot of content it means young women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, you may have a situation where a woman got married and she's young and maybe something happened to her husband. Right. You know, you've heard of um, sad stories about, you know, a couple may have been married maybe like only a, a year or less or, right. you know, maybe five years. But they probably, you know, have had some children. Right. And so... She may be in an unfortunate situation to where if her husband passed, she's now a widow. young widow. She's probably in her 20s or so. Right. And so she's young, yeah. even a woman in her 30s. Yeah. Yeah, they still consider to be young because... Even in the 40s, is probably still young too, yeah. Right. But it's not as young as a 20 or early 30-year-old. Exactly. But is she she's certainly not an old woman. Yeah. Well, and, and so she's still able to, you know, she probably still wants to be with someone. Right. To bear children. To, you know, the things like well, that. Well, a lot of women don't want to be alone. True. Because mm. you still hear, you know, about women dating all the way to older ages and things like that. So that right there in itself will tell you that they don't want to be alone. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's what we're seeing here is that... um. You know, this is this is you know a younger woman. Just because her husband passed, she doesn't need to remain a widow all the rest of her life. She's still it has has a life to live. Right. So it's not it wasn't expected for her to remain in that situation for the rest of her life. Let me ask you a question about that about the the comment wording the the common thing is going on in the body of Christ when younger women are married to husbands and and you got older women seem like they are in the churches today are trying to get the younger women to look at life ifs what ifs the what ifs the what ifs the what ifs you know you I remember you yeah, telling that yeah the you know, what if this happens? You know, what if your husband dies? Or what if you come into an unfavorable situation like, um, you're, you know, even if the husband is still alive, what if he gets hurt and can't work anymore? Or, you know, he's sick, he gets sick. And, you know, just what if you, you lose your money and just all kinds of things, it, just the scare tactics. And, yes, things can happen. Mm -hmm. But God, in his word, never called us to live in fear. Right. There's no scripture that says we should be living in fear. And so when people come at you with what ifs, what if this happens, what if that, ha no, this or that happens, okay, well, so are you going to sit there and dwell on these what ifs and cause you to just throw everything that God says in his word out because of what ifs? You're going to live by the what ifs. Yeah. What if none of those things happen, though? Yeah. The you what ifs that they're scaring you about, what if those things don't happen? You mm. wouldn't have wasted time worrying about the what ifs that don't even that haven't even happened or probably never will happen to you you can't base your life on someone else's situations yeah god knows what each and every one of us is going to go through 
and he will prepare us for that right he said he would never leave us nor forsake us right right we're speaking of people who are in the body of christ not just in everybody but just people in the body of christ right i mean either we're going to believe god or we're not amen that's that's what it boils down to and so yes you can make decisions like you know there's nothing wrong with preparing for the future and things like that but to base the way you live off of fear well that's just and then you and you don't even consider the things of god right and i mean what kind of choice are you making there you you base everything by fear right and though that choice that you're making it goes back to Genesis chapter 3 when Eve sinned. She did not, and you got to look at this in this way, I hate to say this, but the truth to be told, Eve did not have faith in the ways of God. Well, that same thing happened with um, Sarah. Right. Exactly. Right, with mm-hmm. her, her and Abraham well, before they were... Abraham and Sarah, when she was Sarai, mm-hmm. you know, she lived in fear because, you know, he told her, you know, that God was telling him about the promise, right? you know, of, of them having a child. Right. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and she's old, you know, both of them are old and she's afraid that this is because it hadn't happened right. in all that time. And so she's like struggling to really believe that God is going to bring this to pass. I mean, they're old. And technically, by that time, it's like you can't have any children. Yeah. They were way past childbearing years. Yeah. So she figures that she's going to go and try to make it happen in her way. Well, anytime we try to make something happen in our way because we are trying to play God, we, we mess stuff up. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what's kind of going <laughs> on here when people are not operating according to the Bible they're just like pushing God out of the way and saying, I have I have a better way. I have a better plan. Right. I know more than God. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, because I'm reading the Amplified on that same scripture in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 14. And it says, so I would have younger widows marry, bear children, guide the household, and not give opponents of the faith occasion for slander or reproach and see this scripture right here is talking about women right now why would women not operating in their role cause you know cause opponents of the faith to to slander god and things of god and be reproachful right because they don't see us living according to what we say we believe. So you see people mocking yeah. you know, Christianity. They're mocking God. They're, you know, they, they say, oh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites, this and that. And, they, and you see that. People just don't take God serious because they don't see the people of God taking God Not serious. Seriously. I mean, they won't live it out in their life. Right. And so when the world, wow. see, the world does not see, need to see us being more like them. They need to see something that's different. I mean, because us being different is, is part of helping us to be able to, you know, do what the Bible says, you know, what it says to go out into the world and make disciples. Right. So right. how are you going to be able to bring the gospel message to the unsaved people 
how are you going to persuade them? Right. Because you can't just go and just be preaching at everybody. Everybody don't want to hear that. But a lot of times when they're watching your lifestyle and they're seeing how different you are, they start wondering. Yeah. They start wondering. They're going to have some questions. Now, some people may want to do it for purposes of mocking. And then you have other people who truly genuinely want to know, what is, what is it? Why are you so different? What is this hope that you have in you? Right. You seem like, you know, you're not afraid. Mm-hmm. Everybody else out here is running afraid about everything. And you, you, you still you remain calm, even under pressure, even when things aren't going well. What is so different about you? Right, right. Yeah, no, that's really amazing you say that because, um, you know, one of those things that's really remarkable from the standpoint of knowing that you are using the faith that God given you to do these things in your role. You know, that there's not an easy task. Of course, we're not going to say it's easy, but it's easier to follow God more in the task that he gave you or the roles that he gave you instead of trying to figure this out on your own. Because, I mean, think about it here. I want you to really think about this before we go to Titus chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. On um, the fact that when a woman... Especially young women are faced with that kind of opposition, knowing for a fact that all that is going on in her life is the people are in the church claiming, put putting into the emphasis, saying, "Well, you got to look at this this way here. God change, God doesn't change, but we need to change with God. But they want God to change with them. If you know what I mean. Like for instance, I'll give you an example here." They tell the, the woman that you got to go out there and get a job. You got to go out there and do this. You got to get education. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah, based on who, though. That's the problem. Telling someone that you telling someone you have to do something and having an expectation, where is that coming from, though? Right. Now, I understand that parents, they don't want, you know, they want their children to have better than they had. And, you know, they don't want to see them struggle and things like that. Mm-hmm. But... You know, and 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 that's that's fine and dandy, that's fine and dandy. I mean, that's part of them loving their children, but the expectation that you put on your children that is not of God. It didn't come from the word of God. Right. Now that's where it's wrong. Right. Because it's like, you know, if God is saying that He wants for married women to operate in their world a certain way. But all they're ever told is you need to go out there and get a good education and have a career and blah, 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 blah. And then you see a lot of those those same women, once they if they ever do get married, they're, they're, they have a hard time falling under the, the biblical standpoints of a wife. They don't understand it. Right. They don't understand what to do because they they've been told to go out there and be independent and all these things that the Bible did not tell them to do. And then they want to come back and try to operate under a role they haven't been trained for or they don't understand what it's about. It's totally opposite from what the Word of God. So it's like the world has a standard and and God has a standard. And, right. and, as, and as a child of God, you have to decide which one you're going to be under. You cannot blend worldly things in and call it 
God standard. You can't do that. Right. You have to say what it is. You just want you just made this decision because this is what you want to do. Don't say that this is God because you can't find that in Scripture. Right. It is not in Scripture. And I know people are really bad about trying to find certain Scriptures to try to fit it in and make it mean stuff that they want it to mean. Right. But when, when, when something is said plain and simple, you just don't go in and, and, and just change the meaning because you want it to say that. Amen. These scriptures that we're reading here are plain and simple. And, I mean, you can't re-enter this. You can't be like, well, but, 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 what about this, but what about that? Right. See, you are living in fear. Right. And as far as the parents saying that I don't want my children to go through this, 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 or whatever, Mm -hmm. and all of that, you worrying about whether or not your child is going to struggle or not have anything or, you know try to go out there and do be something to make you look good right because you know this is not about them lit they're not supposed to be living to make you look good they're supposed to go and live their life right according to how god tells them to live and not to make you look good right that's where parents get it wrong because the parents supposed to be guiding the children to walk in god's ways how are you guiding them to walk in god's ways if you are imposing your standard on your kids right. that you have not checked to see did it really come from God right. or did it come from what you've been hearing in the world yeah. and what everything they've been telling you out in society and in school and things like that because that's what they want. Mm. But remember, they don't follow God. They don't care about what God thinks. They don't care about his plans and his purposes. It's, they're not living for God. They're living for themselves. Right. So, you know, like I said, when a parent is imposing this upon their children, they stress so much more on them getting an education and a good career and things like that so they can have a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They put more emphasis on that, and yet they haven't trained them for the things of God, like being a wife or a husband and mm-hmm. parents and things like that. They have not trained them on anything because a lot of um, younger women... You know, they don't know how to do things. They don't know how to keep a house. They don't know how to cook. They don't know what it means to respect a husband. Yeah. They don't, a lot of girls, a lot of females don't even know how to be a good mother. True. They don't know any of these things because there was so much emphasis on go to school and get an education, get a career. All that's all they ever been hearing. But okay, how come they didn't know the, they have their mother or grandmothers or somebody teaching them how to get in the kitchen and fix some meals? How it's, come they? How come in some point in their life they didn't have that? Now okay. I know that there may be some females who say they wasn't interested in it, but still. But even some of it's so fine you say that because there's a lot of commercials out here putting that emphasis. No, I see about dozens of commercials now. Putting emphasis on the the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter, and her daughter. I saw this commercial just recently showing the past generations in the kitchen. But that's rare now. Because even the body... Well, that just makes the you know, commercials. It makes it look good. They know that families are not like that. I mean, we, we drive by... Uh, neighborhoods and stuff all the time where you got these nice pretty houses and don't even look like people really live there yeah. because it's nothing it is it's not no no um 
no movement going on. It's like the houses dead are dead and empty. Right. You don't you don't know if anyone ever lives there. You never see lights on, and you know you don't see people coming. You know, yeah, in it. and out of the doors. You just don't see that. And it's yeah. like, who does anybody live here? Dogs. <laughs> you don't even see movement from animals. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's like people they got these big houses, but they don't have time to actually live in them. Yeah. Because they're always away from the house, out there, in the streets, whatever. They always got to have something to do but be at home. Yeah, I noticed that but, because... But long ago, yeah. when, when families were bigger and they lived in smaller homes, you could tell mm -hmm. that people lived there. I mean, they said that the homes were practically busting out the seams. Yeah, they did. And that's why they made bigger houses because the family unit have the husband, the wife, and probably about five, six kids. Or and then those kids, it would usually be more than five, six kids. It'd be seven, eight to ten, or more back in the day, and you was you could see the the uh, the houses is so small for those kids. But you, and, and but they appreciated what they had. They did, they did. But the thing it was so amazing is that nowadays, because uh, we know a lot of people who got homes is huge. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> definitely. It's for sure. But they only even have kids. They got dogs. They probably have one or two dogs. They got a dog or a cat. It's so each a one of the pets got their own room. That's why they got so many bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I literally heard that. And and the thing about it, these are Christians. These are pastors. These are the first ladies. The ones who don't want to have children. Right. And the Bible. Does not say that you know. I mean, how are you going to leave? <laughs> right. How you? How an you inheritance? Gonna, yeah. To, to a pet. Right. You know, how do you train up a pet? The way it should go. Right. And yeah. to carry on the things of God, because you know those parents are going to get old and they're going to die. Yeah. And so, who's going to carry on the legacy? And you you can't train animals to do that. But that's what they want. They and and the thing about it. So if if people stop having children and everybody get dogs and cats, mm -hmm. how's the gospel going to continue to go forth? If My. everybody starts dying off, <laughs> right? But I mean, it's sad. You hear a lot of people in the body of Christ saying they don't want to have children, and then I even hear this, hear statements from women now saying that you know the world is so evil. That I wouldn't want to bring a child into this evil world. Um, that's the reason why we need more people in the body of Christ having children. Yeah. Because what other hope is this world going to have? Exactly. And that's my point. It, it, <laughs> they keep my, my, they, they just <clears throat> not man. in tune with the fact that the gospel has to go forth. And how will it go forward? Somebody has to be there. <laughs> there has to be someone right. there to carry that on. Yeah, it, <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because when you hear that, I do expect the world to say that, but not the people who are pastors. And, or just other and, people and, in the church. Right, and, and deacons and you know, people like that don't want to have children. You know, it was so hard for us to even... Uh, once we found that our son was born, I was... One thing I remember when I was growing up, and I'm gonna put myself out here first. I didn't want to have kids because of my where I grew up. But when I realized when I got married, I real the idea of having children do came as something I want. Then when I realized that we have a son, 
a child. Oh my God, my life became more meaningful as a father. Yeah, and then you said you, the fact that you saw how I was as a mother, you know, made you just want to have more and more kids. Yeah, I mean, God. Because you saw what our son was experiencing. Yeah, and I want more children, but we couldn't have any more because of different complications. But it still, it, 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 it irks me to hear men and women in the body of Christ don't want to have kids. They said that it's too much of a hassle, too much of a pain. Like you said, to bring a child to this evil world. And the the whole purpose of bringing more God to see, it says in the word God, the God seed shall rule. They'll have dominion of the earth. Godly seed, uncorruptible seed. That means in the body of Christ that God gave us this 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 mandate. He's go back to Genesis that God said that He wants the whole earth replenished, but it to His glory, not the world's glory, His glory. God never stopped the original plan. It's just that we need we stop the original plan. We want to stop the original plan. And that's just, that's the thing is that people are living for themselves. They're not living for God's purpose. They're living for themselves. They're living for this American dream. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. They're about living that. For, for that stuff. They're looking for everything that the world talks about. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're, they're wanting that. And they, they've made that. They put that above God. And they don't realize that they have done that. Yeah. That they put themselves above God. But they're calling it God's will. Yeah. But they can't find biblical basis for it. No. Well, yeah, they probably will try with these ministries out here who tells them that God wants you to be, you know, you know, ha have wealth and all these things. That's right. the only way that they would probably be able to explain it and understand it. But that's because they they listening to that, but they're not getting into the scriptures themselves right. and letting letting the Holy Spirit lead them to truth. Right. Because if if they got into the scriptures and the Holy Spirit lead them to truth, then they will see the faultiness in that type of teaching. Because yeah. it's 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 just, it's totally um false. All of scripture is being taken out of context. Because right. it doesn't fit in with with um how God set everything up to work in the life of a believer. Right. You know, right. and like back to what I was saying about the parents, you know, not wanting to to train their children in the appropriate ways because their focus is more on them being successful. They're just not understanding that, you know, you can take your child to church from the time they're born all the way up right? and still tell them to go out there and get a good education and all of that. But how do you know that once they leave your home that they truly, truly do love God? Because people can play the part. Yeah. There have been many of young persons play the part as long as they lived under their parents' roof. But then once they get out on their own, the story changes. They start living in a way that the parents, they, they try to, they've been hiding it for so long from the parents. But then at some point, it starts, things start to come out. And the parents are like, you know, looking at them like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. We didn't teach you that. And where'd you, you know, where'd you get that from? Yeah. And so they don't understand that your your son and daughter, they did things to make you happy, but it wasn't because they truly loved God. 
Yeah. They didn't truly, you know, surrender themselves to God, to his plan and purpose. Right. So I think that parents just, they, they, um, when they, when they looking at their children, they just not looking for that because they're more hyper-focused on them being successful and not struggling. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not advocating, you know, that parents shouldn't love their children and want best for them. But the thing is, let's just be real here about struggling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've had people who have had, you know, come, you know, they have worked their way up and gotten lots of money and things like that. But you don't know if something may happen in your life later on, you may lose all of that. Yeah, absolutely. It, and anything can happen, you know, um, you know, something could go, your, if it's a business, you know, it could go down. Right. Or what if something happens and you... Um, you know, something happens to you in a car accident or something like that. I mean, just anything can happen unexpectedly. Right. But the thing is, God, he knows all these things that's going to happen in the future. We don't, but no. he does. And yeah. so we kind of think that we can do all these things. We're trying to create this perfect life for ourselves. It's a life. Basically, we're trying to create a life where we really don't have to walk in faith. It means you don't want to work. You don't want to struggle. Right. We want to have a life that is absent of struggle. Oh, but how right. are you going to grow in faith? Right. If you're trying so hard for nothing to happen. Yeah, because a lot I noticed that a lot of believers and a lot I, I met and we know, did that. Yeah, we did. And I know so many believers who do that now. And it literally makes me sick to my stomach. Because I'm gonna tell you why. You get you don't want to struggle. Mm-hmm. Nobody don't want to struggle. I don't think any human in, on this earth don't want to struggle. But the purpose of being on earth as a believer, and you, Jesus even said in his word that you're going to get all these things, but with persecutions. Persecutions is struggling in a lot of areas in life. It could be anything that that, that could be opposed from the, from the word God go forward. Because you are walking in God. You are yeah. in him. Yeah, he but said to take up your cross and follow me. Daily. Daily. And so how are you going to follow I me? Mean, Jesus, you know, during the time of his ministry, those last, you know, few years of his you know, life and his adult, adult life, you know, everything did not go well. No. It, it was not pleasant. No. All kinds of, he, he faced all types of opposition. And so if we really look at the fact that being a follower of Christ, we have to understand there is going to be some struggle at some point. Right. Now, everybody's not going to go through the same struggle. Right. Right. It's not going to be exactly the same in every little aspect. Some For some people, it may be sickness. For other people, it may be financial. Another, other people, it could be relationship, whatever. Right. Something is going to happen in people's lives. Our lives, you know, we, we think that when we're younger, you know, we have this whole way we see life and how it's supposed to be. And then you become an adult and life doesn't pan out that way. Absolutely. And yep. so that's one thing we don't understand as a believer. When we come to Christ, you know, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be all peaches and cream. True. True. I mean, there is going to be some struggle at some point right no one's life ends up being the way they pictured it right and so that's what i think a lot of times a parent when they put that expectation on their kids and then what if the their adult children go through something sometimes they want to hide it from the parents yeah because they don't want the parents to be disappointed 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say this as a um, growing up. You know, growing my grandma Grace. I mean, you know, growing up having an uncle who's a professor. You know, uh, be with him. You know, when I went to Japan with him, all that other stuff. The expectations of me to be like him, be an engineer. They told me that that's your, a whole aspect of your life that you're gonna be an engineer. Yes, I have a niche of doing things like my uncle did, but I love computers all my life. Most of my life, I did a lot of computers and stuff. But I was more like creating the stuff instead of becoming the person that's technically working on the stuff. But I saw another knack, another knack in my life that kind of grew into what I do now is to support, to help, to educate, to relate to people with these problems with the technical stuff. But my family didn't see it that way back in the day. They wanted it to be more like, I'm going to be like my uncle. But your uncle may have done things as far as his career, but what about his personal life? Um, that His personal life is not the idea. Right. And I'm going into that a little because bit Because if, if it were, he should be a, a, a really happy man. Right, because I'm not trying to put his personal business out here, but my uncle been married twice. He been um, he's he's miserable. He got a child out of wedlock. But he's had a lot of things that other little things here and there has happened in his life. He got that sick. Was not, it was not part of his plan. Right. And so that's the whole point that we're making here is that life does not always go according to your plans. And that's one of the things that I hear believers talk about that I struggle enough now I'm in the God's will and I should not struggle no more and I'm looking at them and said long as you on this earth long as that you are breathing you're going to go through something yeah because no. what if God what if what if a particular thing <laughs> that, that God is allowing you to go through he allowed it because it's an area that maybe you don't see you need to grow Right. You need to grow spiritually. Mm -hmm. And maybe him allowing you to go through that maybe helping you in the process of growth. See we don't see we don't see stuff like that. No. We don't see the perspective that sometimes the things that we go through, it was allowed for the purposes of growth. Now, there are times where we make choices and decisions that, you know, may land us in something and, and you know, because we didn't stay in God's will right but everything is not about because you didn't make the uh the, the greatest decisions like i said we didn't want our lives to be a certain way because the pressures from family and things like that right but it's like every time when we was trying to make everything you know a certain way st stuff kept happening kept getting away this that whatever it was just like give me a break right but it was happening and and we couldn't control it Right. We couldn't control these things happening. You no, know, all every little thing that happened, we couldn't control it. You know, it's amazing to say that, boo, because we couldn't control these things. And it makes you frustrated because you want to be in control. Mm -hmm. But for the for the believer, we're not supposed to be in control like that. Right. We we were supposed to have surrendered ourselves to Christ. Right. Now, of course, you know, in the fruit of the spirit, it says that, you know, that we need to have self-control. Yes, self-control. But yeah. we are just talking, but when we talk about, you know, that it's one thing to be controlling yourself 
you know, in certain situations or whatever, you know, your behaviors and things like that. But your outcome, everything that's going to happen in your whole entire life. Right. Where is God leading and guiding you? Right. If you're supposed to be in control of everything. Amen. Amen. How do you get to his plan and purpose? Because it's more like you're trying to do your plan and purpose. Absolutely. And so you want to dictate how things are going to happen. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, a lot of times in the church, the way people handle things, the way people look at things, and they can become so judgmental. Just like how with the wife, you know, when we talked about with the husband and wife, you know, her, her being his helpmate and things like that. And, and also, you know, um, in Proverbs about his heart safely trusting in her. And how, you know, for one, you know, you would say that you trusted me, but you didn't act like you trusted me. And, and it's because, you know, I would question why you would uh, have secrets and or why you would lie to me and things like that. You didn't trust me, meaning that you didn't trust my reaction right you were afraid of the way i would react to things yeah and so it was not it's not that i could you know my reaction could control what you do it's not that it's just that i wasn't helping the situation if i didn't react in a in a a good way amen so i had to learn that i had to learn to put my reactions in check because it was all about my perspective. Maybe my expectations and perspectives were off. Right. I'm looking at you and thinking that you ought to act like one way, and yet I'm not seeing it from God's point of view. True. Because God, he sees the sinner. Right. And their sins. He knows was he knows everything that's going on with that. But us as as human individuals, we don't see see that deep into it like that unless we are listening to God. You know about these things and so we have to look at our own lives and the things that we go through and you know how we miss the mark and we don't always obey God and do what he says and so we got to have extend some grace and so part of the reaction that a wife has towards her husband she would learn how to extend grace not 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 um, you know enable sin right we're not talking about a person enabling another person's sin but extending grace yeah. Because you, you know none of us are perfect. Right. You're not a perfect wife. Don't expect for you to ha- don't expect your husband to be a perfect man. True. Because you are not perfect. Vice versa, man. Same thing. Don't expect your wife to be a perfect wife, and you're not a perfect man yourself. She's not perfect either. Yeah. You married a sinner. Amen. You know, all of us were born into sin, and so expect disappointment. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. The, the other person is going to disappoint you because they are not perfect. They are still walking this, 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 this walk of faith. Mm-hmm. They are still trying to walk out their salvation. Right. And so, yes, they are going to do things that you don't like. Right. And they're going to miss the mark. Yes, yeah. they're going to do to expect that. But are you praying for them? Right. Are you loving them with the love of Christ? Are you taking these things to God? Right. And are you looking in scripture and seeing how God told you to play your part and your role? And are you doing that really? Or are you just thinking that you are doing these things because you're trying to be a good person and you don't deserve these things? You know, that's something else I wanted to explain with that, what you say about a good person. Then we can get into Tyus. Um, a lot of things I've seen 
and not her seeing and what's going on now. <clears throat> a lot of people do not want to literally, they, 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 I mean, believers are in so much fear of, of, of that, 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 uh, of struggling and knowing that that struggle they're going through, they don't think it's, they think it's from the devil, but they don't, you don't know God could use it as a test. Uh-huh. And they, 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 they hyper focus on the struggle instead of the test. Cause I mean, look at this. I know it's about God, how he does things. Anything that's been in, that's meant for bad comes out for good in court to him. When he, God tests you, things that you fear come out. Things that you try to figure out make you unable to figure out. Things that you try to do with your own strength that you think is from God doesn't pan out. Everything you just said that we try to do, we all use our own strength to do it, but never put God into the test of, hey, I can't do this alone. I can't do this, Lord. I don't know what I'm doing. Help me on this matter. I, it's got to be a test because I'm not, I'm not getting my, my emotions and everything else that kind of distract me from you as the ones getting hurt here, not me physically getting hurt. Or being, um, plant you no know, pan out. I mean, look at Joe for crying out loud. Joe lost everything. Mm-hmm. Look at what happened. Yeah, he got leprosy, but it didn't kill him. His wife was there, but she didn't help him out. That but, much. but Joe, he didn't go through those things because he didn't, you know, have all his eggs and want, you know, have well, all, have everything together. You know, I mean, he he knew how to, you know. Um, you know, he knew how to how to uh, do everything that he did to be able to have the lifestyle that they had. You know, I mean, he knew how how to make decisions and things like that. I mean, they wouldn't have had the lifestyle that they had if he didn't. Right. So it wasn't that he lacked wisdom in being able to do these things so that he didn't lose everything. He had everything. Right. But he went through things that was outside of his control. And so that's the whole thing is that we have to understand as believers, we need to stop listening to people saying, well, if you had to make this decision, you had to make that decision. It's not really about that all the time. Right. There may be some situations where you could have made some different decisions, but people, they try to project that to you, onto people all the time in judgment. Right. That, well, if, if, if it were me, I would have done this. I mean, this is your life. They have their life, and this is your life. True. And everybody is growing at different rates. And you and they you may not be able to see the same things that they can see. Right. But that's not up to them to pass judgment like that. Right. That is not what the Bible says. You're supposed to encourage people. You know, you, um, you, you teach and equip them. But all this other stuff that's going on. Because you are trying to set everybody up to be at this, this this standard of society, wanting things that society talks about. Right. See, that's that's where it's wrong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My point. It's 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 just wrong. Yeah. So, and I'm glad you brought that. This is a good segue, boob, about that because this is where the age women in who are in God do. Which is in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 to 5. Mm-hmm. Let's read that in the King James so we could get into this a little bit deeper because there's a lot in here that's what you just said impacts the teaching 
of what we need to do when we struggle like this, especially for women. Okay. Um, starting at verse 3 in the King James Version, it says, The age women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God not be blasphemy. Wow. <laughs> you know, even from that ver that that uh, translation right there is enough to talk about. And to that standard, I want you to go ahead and pick up some of the things that is that God has shown you with this. Okay, um, so I looked some words up in the Strong Accordance, and the, the um, I looked up the age women, and that is the Greek number four two four seven, and it's the word presbutus, which mm. means an old woman or older women. Wow. So that's what age means there. Now I look up the word behavior, and that is the Greek number 2688. It's the word katastema, mm -hmm. which means a position or condition, conduct, demeanor. Wow. Holiness is a Greek number 2412, and it's the word heroprepis, mm -hmm. which means reverent, and that is suitable to a sacred character. Then we have false accusers. That is the Greek number 1228. And it's the word diablos. I think yeah. that's what that is. Diablos, yeah. It's a traducer, Satan or devil, slanderer, accusing falsely. Wow. And then the last one I have here is teachers of good things. That is the Greek number 2567. And it's the word... Kaladio Kalos, which means teacher of what is right, noble, honorable, and good. Wow. Just, just thinking about those here, what you said, you have aged woman. In other words, more like a woman who has who been there, done that, mm -hmm. or more. But look at the context in the, in the King James. It says an aged woman likewise that they be in behavior as becoming holiness. Right. That's huge. And you talk about a position, condition that you're supposed to be in. But holiness means a sacred character or a reverence that if you think about God is holy. God is in his holiness. That right there is a pinpoint that a woman who has experience with God mm -hmm. is walking in his holiness. So she's not just an elderly old woman. Right. But she is a woman who is mature in God. Thank and you. And we're not talking about somebody just because they've been walking with the Lord for 50 some odd years. <laughs> right. Because we need to define what walking with the Lord is. Going to church is not walking with the Lord. Thank you. We're talking about someone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. 
this person has, you know, been reading the word. Right. Reading and studying the word, mm -hmm. not just going to church here and preaching, but they have been a student of the word right. and they have, you know, sought out what God's ways are and they've been living it. They've been practicing it in their own lives. They've grown in in the word. Right. And you can see it in their lives. It comes out of them. They're every, not just saying it, but you can see it. It's coming in every single time. Every time they talk, every time they do, every time they walk, everything they do, God is like the holiness of God is in them and they're walking in it. That's the Holy Spirit in them. Really, them is working through through the Father God on these things. Yeah, because you usually hear people they would say like, you know, uh, grand grandmother or, or 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 my or my my mother, you know, that that she really was a woman of God. You could see it. Mm -hmm. You could see it in everything that she did. Right. She lived it. She practiced it. Yeah, it's almost like this is in her, and she walking every single day. It's not. You don't question it. You don't mm -hmm. question her. Her uh, um, her abilities, her her qualifications are nothing because it's like God is bringing this person in your life for wisdom. Yeah, she 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 um, instilled a lot of godly wisdom into you, not things that she thinks is right, but things that she got from God, from his word. She showed you in his word. So that's a key element here for everyone to understand a person that like you just said previously. A person who goes to church 50 some years or more doesn't mean they are walking, walking with God. Mm -hmm. You can have immature people who've been in church for 50, 60 years. Yeah, so being in church, your, your presence in church is, is not the qualifier here. Just right. because you've been, because people go to church and don't, they, they, they go out of obligation, but they're not going for spiritual growth. They're right. probably doing it to show people, yeah, yeah, this is what, look at what I'm doing. Or they do it to appease, to make them feel like they've done something right. But they haven't really put their whole heart into it. Right. So the motivation and the motive is not where it should be. Amen. Let's continue on here in the King James here. And what it says here, when it says, being in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers. Common. Let's stop right there. We've had lots of <laughs> older women be false accusers. Gossipers. Mm, yeah. Oh, my God. I remember the, the couple broadcasts uh, before, you, we was talking about busybodies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this here is a, a, a indicator of a busybody. Because if you're thinking about the word false accusers is uh, tra traducers. Man, traducers, if you look that word of what a traducer is, a traducer is a person that keeps up with the things that's going on of a negative aspect. A person that always bring up drama. Mm -hmm. How many people did we know like that? Oh, my God. And there's a lot of people, and you guys know this yourselves, are traducers. You know, they, 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 they do the things of their father saying. Yeah, I know right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, this is the King James Version. It says that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Now, I know in other translations, when you look at um, that scripture in, in 1 Thessalonians, let me pull that up here. Mm -hmm. 
This is First Thessalonians. You know, it's really unique you say that because I'm, you know, it means to stay in your own lane, pretty much. Don't try to, it's mainly trying to tell the pe people that, that you do what God called, but don't cause other people to stumble because of your what, your your how you want to accuse them falsely, wants to slander them. It, it, you're doing the works of the devil. You're doing exactly the works of the devil because God, when you talk about false accuser, that's what exactly in the Ten Commandments do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Right, and so in, in um, here in the ESV it says. Um, in First Thessalonians chapter four eleven, it says, "And to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs." Wow. So see, it's saying mind your own affairs in, in in the in the ESV. Wow. See, that's 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 that right there is really really big big here. If you got that going on, tell you people, if you have a woman. And I'm talking about all the women who gossip, bring all kinds of stuff into the church. Leave her alone. Don't listen to that woman. She don't know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And a lot of people, well, she's an older woman. Listen to me. Listen to me good. Let me read this again. This yes. is the New King James Version. <laughs> right. It's that you also aspire to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. You don't need to be all up in everybody's bed. That's why you don't need to be going from house to house, knowing every little thing that's going on with people. Right. You don't need to be the town's gossip. Yeah. Trying yeah. to keep up with every little thing that's going on because, see, that's that's how a lot of homes have a lot of confusion in it. Yeah. Because you got people all up in people's business trying to tell them what to do. And the couple may have been just happily going along with however they were. Then you got somebody coming in trying to trying to break all that up because they done talked about what they don't like and how you need to do this different and blah, blah, blah. Right. You see? Right. And she need to go back home. Right. And tend to, to, tend to her house. <laughs> but then when you go over to her house, things ain't good there. Yeah, husbands living on the side of the roof, man, don't want to even deal with her because he's just like a like a uh, like a faucet, just drip 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 drip. Or he got his little shed outside, he stays in there all day long and stuff, just to keep stay away from her because she's getting on his nerves. That's messed up. So why is she over at somebody else's house trying to tell them how they need to be doing things? I know. Like she got it all together. Yeah, and it's really sad, and I mean, it's sad to see that, but. I'm going to continue on because we have other translations that really need to be said here. This is not given too much wine. That's a person that don't need to be drunk. Not to be all into alcohol or anything else. And we already know it looks bad for a man to be drunk. But man, to look at women be drunk. Oof. Yeah, I know. I seen it. I, been, I had a whole house full of women drunk before when I was growing up. It's not a pretty sight. I'm telling you right now, it's not a pretty sight to see women drunk. It's bad enough to see men drunk, like you said before, but I'm talking about a woman drunk. Yeah, we've seen women out in society, how they look when they're drunk. I'm talking about women who claim to be a Christ, be full of liquor and mean, mean spirit as much as you could get. Oh, my God. And you you know that they're the full spirit. They, the things they say and do, they just... You don't see any lady likeness in them at all. No, it's just like all come out, and people say that, that you know the tr the true self come out. You don't see the beauty of being feminine. No. In them. No, absolutely. 
And look at this, teachers of good things. And we read about that. It means teacher of what is right, noble, honorable, and good. This is needed. It's a need in this. Men need to be teachers of young men of things as well as good things, but mainly women. Because a lot of things are being missed out for you know, young women to do, like you said previously. A lot of women don't know how to cook. A lot of women don't know how to do things at the home or doing something practical. They are so caught up in themselves doing selfies, trying to make sure I have the outfit of the day and all this other crap. <laughs> I mean, literally, so hyper-focused on self, not even thinking that self is your main component. That's where pride comes from. Yeah, we talked about this. Um, what was it last week? Yeah, we were out, you know, out and about. You know, it's the Christmas holidays now, and we were talking about how when you look at a lot of houses and stuff, you know, back years and years and years ago, you used to see a lot of houses. You know, they were had pretty decorations and things like that. You know, and the, the women being in the home, they they kept the home beautiful. Right. They kept it running and they kept everything afloat. And so when you take the woman out of that, right? you know, it's like they're too busy now. Mm -hmm. So you don't see the homes being ran. They're, the homes are there, right. but you don't see the, the, the creativity and the beauty that only a woman, you don't see that woman's touch being put into it because she doesn't have time. And mm -hmm. so when you, when you go down, drive down lots of neighborhoods, you don't see people, you know, they say they're celebrating Christmas, but you don't see it. No. Like you used to see back long, long ago. I'm so glad you brought that up. You go back to what you said pre uh, just earlier. You said, you know, when you was talking about how these big homes look dead. No yeah, you, you would think that, okay, these people live in these <laughs> big homes. They got money. Where's the decorations? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to have right. a lot of lights or whatever. But <coughs> even, in, even in the daytime when people don't have their lights on, you know, I mean, just to drive by and see like a reef on the door, on the window, something like that, you see nothing. You don't see right. anything going on there. It's like, it's like you said, it's, n it's no life. And so it's like I can see if a person is, you know, in poverty and they can't afford to do things that other people do. And we're not talking about trying to be Pinterest perfect or whatever they're doing on TV on the great Christmas light fight and things like that. <laughs> I mean, everybody can't do that. That costs too much money. But, you know, just just a little something, you know, just just to show that, you know, yes, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this time of the year. Heck, you could go to the Dollar Tree and get some Dollar Lights or Well, something. I mean, yeah, people, they got all kinds of stuff on YouTube that you can... You know, look up YouTube videos and stuff of how to decorate your right. house, you know, using Dollar Tree items and things like that. And they come up with some really cool stuff. But women don't have time to do that anymore. They don't have time to be creative because yeah. their minds are occupied with everything else. They're trying to take on another role. And so, yes, we have, you know, some women are single. They're single parents. And, you know, and, and, and so they have to go out there and work and things like that. Right. And then I'm not down in that. But it's just that this whole mentality in itself of a woman not operating in her role as a woman. It's like she, she, <laughs> women say they proud to be women, but they don't act like they really like that role. Right. Because they're trying to be something else. Yeah. They're trying to be everything but feminine. I know. They want to be feminist, but not feminine. They don't want to be ladylike. They don't want to be soft. 
Right. You know, the things that men like. Right, right. And I'm not saying for the purposes of a man to to have his thumb on her and think that he's more than her and, and you know, just, just dominate her like that. I'm not saying that. But just the beauty of it. Right. Women don't want to be that no more. It's looked mm-hmm. down upon. Now you got all this girl power stuff. Woman boss and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And now you got men. It's sad. I'm going to say this. And, uh, I know we'll have lots of emails about it. Who cares? Men now wants to be like the women. Because they seem like the women got all together. And now these women, these men who become transgender women are literally taking the women out. It's almost like a like a sniper. Well, because the world is is celebrating women now and so and they're and they're emasculating men and, and, and talking about male toxicity and all of that stuff. And so you think that some men probably don't want to be a part of that. So they're like, I wanna be over here where with be the person that everybody's celebrating. So maybe that's why a lot of men want to be women now. Because they don't want to associate with all the negative things uh, to being a male. And that's sad. No. That is sad. And so they want to say that ma- masculinity is toxic. Being a feminist is toxic. It is so toxic. Look at what it's doing to our society. Yeah. It, and, it, they, and, and, and then women walking around here with their head all up and everything and their chest all out. Like men, they are not happy. They are faking it because they, the, they do all that stuff in front of people. But when they get alone, they're miserable. Yeah. They don't want to admit it. Now, some some of them have come out. Some women have come out of that, and they have admitted how miserable they were. Right. And they hated the fact that they, they fell for this lie. Right. Because they were so unhappy. Mm. Some of them, you know, they, 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 they were sold this, this, these, all these lies. They bought into a hook, line, and sinker, and they didn't get anything that they wanted that, that, that brought true fulfillment in them. True. Because... And this is the thing, you know, people are making it like a paycheck equals worth. Right. No, 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 no. I don't have worth because of dollar signs. Right. I have worth because I'm a child of God. Amen. My identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And whatever role in, in, in anything that he tells me to be, I'm proud to be that. Amen. Praise because the that's Lord. where my worth is. My identity is it's- in who he says I am. Amen. Now the the paycheck and all of that. So when a person asks you, so, so what do you do? And they're they're trying to make you feel like your worth is in dollars. You know, I was telling you the other day. I said, you know, it's gotten to the point now. You know, if if you say you're a stay at home wife and mom, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one thing for you to say that, and you're not saying that I'm a I'm a work at home wife and mother. But just to say you're a stay-at-home wife. And so they're like, so you don't do anything. And I'm looking like, what do you mean I don't do anything? What, what puts that in your head that a woman being at home doesn't do anything? If you're not doing anything, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not keeping your home. Because being a keeper of the home, there's lots to be done. Yeah. Each and every day that you get up, there are things that you need to be doing from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. How are you going to like not have anything to do? Right. Maybe you're not doing the right things. Yeah. Because there's plenty to do. Yeah. And it- so they look at it like you're not working. And, it, and then here's this other thing. Well, but you don't make a paycheck. So you're saying my worth is in a paycheck. 
Well, when you go to work, though, the only thing those people care about is having a, 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 a body to work. Mm-hmm. They don't care about you when you get sick. Right. They don't. They don't mm. care about you. If you die, they, don't, you, they, they will continue on. If you leave that job, they will move on. They don't care about you. Right. You know, it's kind of funny you said that. Um, it was a scene. It was a movie. And we watched this movie. And I'm not promoting the movie, but it was a movie we watched. It was called Little Man. And it was a scene on there that it was, I think, Kerry Washington and this other lady. And, you know, she had these kids. Mm-hmm. And this this woman said this, that. She, Kerry Washington asked her a question. said, do you miss it? She said, no, I don't. I miss working. I miss, well, yeah, I'm talking about miss working. I said, I don't miss it all. Oh, you know why? Because they look at me as a diva. You know, they look at me the as little a diva. Yeah, they love me. And but she was saying, people, say, at work, people they, they didn't care. They didn't care what's going on. They just care for me that how much money I make for them. Make it for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. the key word, make it work for them. Mm-hmm. And Kara Washington was in puzzle. And her character was puzzled because of the way that was like, amazing to her knowing for a fact that this this woman said i love doing what i do i love yeah. to take care of my my children because when you're operating in your your role you know that you're supposed to properly as a mother right and a keeper of the home the, the children they look up to you yeah you're like a hero to them because you know it takes a special woman to do what you're doing yeah no you know just like when we talked about how when when I was down, you know, after I had surgery and everything, and you tried to, to do everything that I was yeah. doing to keep everything up, you saw how hard it was. It yeah. was not an easy task. <laughs> you were so burnt out at the end of the day. It was like you just almost didn't have anything left in you, but you had to try to get back up the next day and do it again and do it again. And you even said, I, don't, I just don't see how you do this, but we really appreciate all that you do here because... Yeah. There is just so much. Yeah. You know, but um and, he, and even our son, you know, he he's he doesn't look at his mom and just, you know, be like, you know, well my mom she's nothing, she's nobody. He said, No, my mom, yes, she works. She takes care of our house and she's a good cook. <laughs> and she keeps everything looking so nice and we have fun. We do all kinds of great things. I mean, he's praising that. Yeah. I'm not asking him to, but he does it. Because he loves he loves not only that he loves you, but he loves the fact what you do. He appreciate what you do. Mm-hmm. He not only does he appreciate what you do, but he respect you as a person that's doing it. Because yeah, because he's making his home experience, his his uh, you know his his childhood growing up. It has been you know even though everything hasn't been idea, it's a, it's enough to make him smile and 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 remember the happy times and all of the the precious memories and mm-hmm. moments we've had yeah yeah and, and he every it's like this every time especially during how doing christmas time he always want to do something for us and you know as a family mm-hmm. because those memories that we not only that we, we brought to his attention about but we made traditional we did and yeah, for, he looks forward to those traditions because, yeah. you know, th- those are happy moments that he's going to continue to remember for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were busy out there making money for someone else, I would not have the time or the energy to do all the things that I do. I heard, so let me tell you a couple of horror stories here that I seen and read about when a, a woman that does a lot of work outside of their role. Like, for one one of the emphasis I saw, it was that women tend to be more sicker than men 
in when they're out of their role. Mm -hmm. I've heard that too. Yeah, lots of shit, lots of shit is going on. That's why you see so many of of of, of programs, uh, commercials, shows, uh, different kinds of of of, of 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 services out here are geared on women's health, mm -hmm. working women's health. They ain't talking about the woman at home. They talk about the woman who's working. And you see that, and you're like, wow. You have to focus on the woman's state to work, but you want to make sure they stay healthy and that they're not designed to stay healthy if they're not they're out of their role. See, they don't... they they're taking they, on too much stress. Right. And a woman can take out a lot of stress. Because even while I work and do stuff, there's a lot of women who are sick. There's a lot of women are literally having cancer. And they are sick because stress levels is so high because they're out of their role. And a lot of people say... So much is expected of them. Right. And I'm not saying that you have to do it because you're a single woman and, and a single parent. But I'm, but still, even from that standpoint, you notice that those those uh, roles is not is temporary to be a single mother and a single well, parent. Well, depending on if she chooses it to be. That's my point. Yeah, exactly. Some women have made declarations that I don't need no man, you know, in my life. Yeah. And I see, can do this all. I can do this all by myself. But, but you notice that those women who said that are the most bitterest women in the world. Yeah. They are very bitter, and those are women who die quicker. Cause uh, like I said, I have a, I had I had on, um, I remember on was a bitterest woman world. Even though she did have a husband, she was bitter, and all that bitter brought her out, and she died. And when she died, her kids were a muck. And when her kids, you know, there was already a muck, but they went worse. And when they went worse, half of the kids died. Husband died, kid half of the kids died. Now you got some of the women decide to become you no know, godly women. Some of them, and I pray that they continue on. But it's a it left a damage, it left a lot of damage when the mother wasn't there. It left a lot of damage there, and this is the main reason. Go with verse four. It is that they may teach the young women to be sober. That's key. To be lovers of their husbands. That's another key one. And to love their children. Yeah, because you see a lot of women, even though they're young and married, they don't love their husbands. No. They say they love their husbands, but they, they feel like they have, you know, these feelings or whatever. But as far as showing their husband's love, if that were the case, then... Why do you see so much contentment? You know, they get they they're not content. Right. They start complaining about this, that, or whatever. They become contentious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that, and I and know they're they're comparing their lives mm -hmm. to other people's lives, their husbands, their children. Right. Just, just everything. They're just like they become so discontent with everything, you know, because they want to live a certain way, right. live a certain standard of life that society has told them they ought to have. Right. You know, and so they they totally just miss out on the true love and happiness that they could have if they would just get under God's will. And that's one thing that I had to learn. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we, we try to live the way everybody else wanted. And it and it left us miserable. All kinds of things just went went wrong. 
Wow. And, you know, things got out, got out of our control. And then, of course, there was sin and stuff involved and things right. like that. So, you know, but, but still, trying to live under other people's expectations and what you think other people um, expect of you versus what God is asking of you. Right. Yeah, it's it's just a recipe for, for disaster. And that's what happened with us because when when I didn't know what the Word of God said concerning my role, and I'm trying to live under everything I've been hearing at school and out here in society and things like that, mm-hmm. I kept feeling like a failure and I needed to, to try to do more, more, more. Right. And in that in that in itself, I couldn't be content. Mm-hmm. And so yes, you know, our lives, you know, there was some struggle and things like that. But I could I would miss God because it's like I don't want people to see us struggling because of what fear of what they may say mm-hmm. or how they would look at us. Right. You know, because we should be doing better. Right. But you know, the thing is is that spiritually, those people who are saying those things, they're not looking at the things spiritually. Right. Right. They don't look at God's plan and purpose because because you know, now that, you know, we're on the other side of all of that, Mm-hmm. That was going on in our earlier years. We see how God, he was always with us, but he was trying to, you know, he was trying to, you know, bring us to another level, you know, in maturity spiritually. Right. You know, for one thing, he was trying to get you to answer the call right. to be his child. Right. Whereas, you know, I answered the call to be his child, but I did not understand, you know, some of the things that were happening was from for was part of my growth in him, you know, walking out my salvation. Right. Because, you know, you can think you are having faith. You think you you're thinking that you're walking in faith. You think you're trusting God, but then you are reacting to things. Right. Like for instance, if things are not going well financially and you're trying to find all kinds of ways to get it right. Right. Well, instead of you trusting God, and what I mean by trust, I'm not saying that you're trusting God means you don't do anything. But what I'm saying is that you're just like, you become this crazy lady. Right. You know, you're you're just like upsetting everybody and everything because you don't like how things are. Right. And so you're trying to force a situation, you know, force and manipulate the situation to be what you want it to be to get yourself back to that comfortable place. Because right. we hate to get outside of our comfort zones. Yeah, we do. We do. We really do. We want things to be, you know, keep, we want to stay in that, that place where we, everything is how we want it to be. Right. And Safe so, and comfortable. Yeah. Day. And so we're trying to create something for ourselves that we're supposed to be relying on God for. And so if you are going through something as a wife and you're a stay-at-home wife mm-hmm. and mom, right. well, right now, you know, with our son being an adult now, you know, I'm not homeschooling him anymore. But still, just because he's an adult doesn't mean that I don't still have a place here in the home. Right. I don't have, I'm not needed here. I am needed here. Yes, you are. You need me to still do things. Right. So we can't look at the fact, okay, well, your your son's grown now. You don't have any other children that you're raising. Your husband, he's a grown man. He don't need, he don't, he can fend for himself. No, no, no. Uh, he's, I'm his wife. Mm-hmm. He's my husband. He needs me. And so I'm going to be here to do what he needs me to do. He needs me to keep the home running. Amen. Because like your job is to protect and provide. 
And my job is to keep the home, right? right? And so me keeping the home, you know, I am the administrator. Right. I'm keeping things running here. I'm making sure that people get fed. Yeah. I'm making sure clothes get clean. I'm making sure that the house stays picked up. Right. Things that you really don't have time to do because you gotta work. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You gotta work. Yeah. You gotta provide. You gotta make this. You you and then you have decisions to make for this family. Right. Because there are things that we need, and and you need to be able to, you know, get before God, and you need to pray and think, you know, because you you have a heavy weight on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's one thing heavy. that a, a lot of times a wife they just don't understand that that weight. And so when women try to act like they can do it all themselves, okay, you may try to usurp your husband's authority. Yeah, and try to try to put on his shoes and do it for him because you don't like the way he's doing it. But even when a woman does that, she don't like it. <laughs> she becomes frustrated trying to take over. Yeah, I noticed that. I know so, that so now you. that she thinks that in her mind she knows what needs to be done and she's gonna go do it since he won't do it, when she does that she still gets upset because it's like it, it turns full circle. She really desires deep down in her heart for him to be doing his role. Okay, well if you're gonna take that from him because you don't like how he's doing it, yeah. and then you're gonna turn around and be frustrated. That's crazy. It's almost like that are being in a uh, insanity. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So you just have to understand that he doesn't see things the way you see it, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going through his own, you know, growth and maturity in God. Right. You can't dictate how he's supposed to be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And God that, gave yeah. you a role. Stay in that role and, and, w- and play that role out the way he has told you to. Right. And let him play out his role. Amen. And you, he, because you don't want him looking at you, telling you what kind of wife you're supposed to be. Yeah. What kind of mother you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Why would you be doing that to your husband? It's almost like it's it's being double standard. Mm-hmm. You try to tell your husband how to do his role, but you don't want him to tell you how to do yours. Because she thinks that she's doing just perfectly fine. That's a double standard. That's a double standard. That's huge. And it's prevalent. And and ah. Uh, and this is this goes back to here. We're going to verse five. But look at all the divorces going on in the church itself. Right now, I can see the world, but in the church, right, divorces just just as high, maybe higher. Right, because Be- people are outside of their roles. <laughs> They're outside not only of their roles, but they are not not um, they haven't gotten on God's plan. True. They're not doing it God's way because maybe they don't understand what God is asking of them. Right. Which if they get into the Word. Read and study the word, right. pray and ask for God to open up their spiritual eyes so they can see, help them to understand. Right. Then, it, you know, in time they will begin because you can't, you know, just like when we talk about the what ifs, people who talk about, well, what if this happens or what if that? And that's you, you living in fear. You, you are operating in fear, just constantly letting that roll over in your mind over and over and over again. Right. You are going to be in panic mode. Yeah. All the time. You'll be in so much, you, yeah, pa- not only just panic, you'll be in so much of, and this is true, if you look at how when you have fear, you have anarchy, you will go and try to take over and try to disrupt and try to destroy or to, to wither out whatever you have to do to try to 
brain stability. Yeah, you want to get things to how you want to be. It's like you're telling God, well, Lord, you're, you're taking too long mm -hmm. to um, do anything about this, so I have to take matters in my own hand. Exactly. That's not trust. No, it's never. And, so you're usurping God's authority now. Yeah. See how you just usurped your husband. Now you usurped God. Mm -hmm. So now what you're doing, you're becoming your own God. That's what happened to Eve. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened to Eve. And Sarah was about to go there till God had to stop that. Then a lot of women went there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, a lot of examples in the word where you see that yeah. so to say you know just <laughs> people just don't realize it's fear based you are yeah. you are running on on fear fumes oh yeah not faith you're running on fear fumes right you're getting yourself so out of the will of god right you, you don't even realize it man oh lord thank you jesus and so like i said we don't live by the what ifs right and you know, of course, people's lives aren't going to, it doesn't look picture perfect like, you know, how God has described it to look, you know, how he, the way God had meant for everything to be. Right. Of course, people's lives don't necessarily look that way because we live in a sinful world. Right. But still, whatever his word says, if you are a child of God, you need to accept it. Right. You need you need to believe God, accept what He said, have respect for Him, right. have respect for what He says He wants, right. and then you do the best you can to live that out. Don't go making excuses. Yeah. Well, my situation didn't turn out this way, and blah 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 blah. So what? Right. That is no that is no reason for you to try to go and change the word. Right. Because you're gonna go and teach other people to do opposite of that. See that all the time. I see this all the time in the body of Christ when people want to change something that God said in black and white to make it gray. So and, and just it, like with with the whole thing with women working, you know, it's like in the church, people, women, when if they see a woman who is married, you know, and, and have children and stuff, or even if she doesn't have children, she doesn't have to have children for her to qualify to be at home. Right. The the word of God qualifies her to be a keeper at home. Yeah. And so when women are questioning, why aren't you out there doing more with your life? Uh, where is that in the Bible? We just read the scriptures here, what God's expectations are. Yeah. And there's other scriptures of God's expectation. So where are you coming off trying to make it like she's doing something wrong because she's operating in this? Right. Okay, if you have chosen to go out there and work, that's great for you. If your husband wants you to go out there and work, okay, then you obey obey him. Right. Because we did read right here, it says obedient to their own husbands. Right here in yeah. verse 5 of Titus chapter 2, it says obedient to their own husbands. If the husband has asked her to go out there and work, then she will obey that. Yeah. She's, she's, she's um, submitting to his authority. Right. Maybe he doesn't understand how the Bible has prescribed the roles of whatever. And so maybe he is under, you know, the guise of the world. And, you know, he, maybe he's been taken over by feminism or whatever. He don't understand. And so he's asking her to do something that the Bible didn't say she needed to do. Right. You know, so 
Maybe that's what's going on. It may not be, but it could be that some husbands do that. Because I have heard that, Amen. that some husbands like, I don't want a woman who, who stays at home. Right. She need to be out there working with me, doing something productive. Like she can't do anything productive at home, but <laughs> you know, I digress. <laughs> right. And so I, I be thinking that a lot of times that the women who think that women who are at home doing nothing, I think that the women who think that, I think that if they were at home, they probably would be laying up, not doing anything. Right. And they're projecting that other women who do stay at home are would be doing what they're doing. But that's just wrong. I know, I know. Because I have uh, talked to you know many, many women who stay at home. They're busy women. They are busy. They're not sitting at home kicking up, watching TV all day long, and just talking on the phone and on the so- on social media. I mean, just have nothing to do. Right. Okay. Your family needs to eat. Mm-hmm. So, if they don't have anything to eat, why? And you've been at home all day. You got piles and piles of laundry. Why haven't they gotten washed? Right. I mean, unless you need to, you know, wait for your husband's paycheck for you to take the the clothes to the laundromat. If you got a washing machine at home, why aren't the clothes clean? Right. Or better yet, why come the house is not picked up? Yeah. Or you could sit down and, um, you know, you could be a, a great helper to your husband by figuring out how to save some money, like clip coupons, um, you know, shop uh, store deals, whatever. No, I do that all the time. Yeah. Trying to, you know, figure out ways for us to stretch our budget. And I come to you with these ideas and things like that. And we, we talk about this because, you know, I don't want to just waste what you bring in i mean because it's not like we're rich people right and so the money has to be used wisely yeah and so for me to operate under a budget is helpful to you thank you because we need to be able to pay bills we need to be able to eat and we need to buy clothes and all these things right and so if i don't know how to if i don't learn how to manage money that you give me to be able to do these things i'm not helping you one bit yeah and it doesn't mean that I have to be good at math to do that. No, oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Let me let me put this emphasis here. I had so many husbands was was making this this point, and you know I know this was it was a struggle for me as well because I didn't understand that you know the, the gifts that your wife has it doesn't mean that you can't be a a a, a, a provider or the leader of the home. Your wife got gifts. Great, you let her use those gifts, those godly gifts that God given her, to use it to make you your life easier. See, one that was a big, huge thing that it was a struggle for me because I didn't understand that. I didn't understand my role at first because I thought that I had to know everything, I had to do everything, I had to know. You no, know, that was the hardest thing, even being a leader in the home. And you hear men talk about this, that you got to have, make sure you are on check on everything going on at home. That almost makes it seem like that you got to be practically like Superman. And making the right make, kind of money make, and everything. Make, make the right kind of money, have the right kind of lifestyle, to have the right kind of this. All that is temporal things. Mm-hmm. Where's God in it? Mm-hmm. Where's the Father? Where's his, his will in your life as a leader to lead your family? 
I ain't hear that from men. And they they, they distort it. They 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 go in and they, they use distortion. This is what they do. And I, I, this needs to be said. They go in. They try to use these privations of that you got to be have a faith to put your money into this ministry or to that thing or to this kind of cause or whatever. Or you don't have enough faith for your family. Or you don't have enough faith to lead your family. You are just struggling. You know you shouldn't be struggling because we taught you about faith. Wait a minute. You don't know what this person is at for one thing. You could, you, could be talk, you could be talking to the very person who's not saved. You could be talking to someone that doesn't have God in their life. Or you could be talking to a, of a novice, a person who learned how to walk with God. See, the temperament of a person, especially for men, they try to challenge men to be men, but that's not being a man. What's being a man is that you know your godly role is. Your godly role is a very key element of who you are in Christ. The world could say how to be a man, and their ways is so false that the men of the body of Christ bring the same things like, like women do too into the body, into the body, and try to say this is biblical. Yeah, and us, you know, and that's one thing that the older women can really come in and help when they're teaching the younger women the reality of things. So it's like, instead of looking down at a couple mm -hmm. and looking down at a wife, you know, for, you know, saying that she's not contributing or whatever, why can't an older woman, like, help that wife to really think about ways that she could help the husband? Like, for instance, right. you know, I wish that I knew how to garden. I don't know how to plant and garden anything. Right. You know, and that would save a lot of money on our food because then we'll be able to have fresh produce and things like that that, you know, we need and we know what's in it. Right. You know, and, um, you know, or to um, learn how to... Um, you know, cook food from scratch. You know, I, I learned how to, to cook a lot of things from scratch. And that saves a lot of money. Yes, because it's pre, good. <laughs> because prepackaged foods and frozen foods and things like that, you're paying for them to, for one thing, you pay for the name on the package. Right. And you're paying for them to, to prepare it for you. Right. And then they freeze it. Or they put it on the shelf or whatever. But when you go and you get the ingredients to make things right for one thing you know what's going in your food right which you can and that that right there in itself will uh, is good for your health for you to know what you put in it because you're controlling that but another thing too that i found out cooking from scratch when i go to buy stuff to cook a certain thing i got enough of those items left over that i could have many other uses so i have saved us money right because if I need flour to bake, to uh, to uh, maybe uh, make some pancakes, right? Right. So you're getting like a five or ten pound, however, uh, pound bag of, of flour that you buy. Right. Because to make pancakes. Well, you've got enough flour to make other things. Right. Then to just go and get the box of pancake mix. Yeah. You see, <laughs> which you can only use at one time. No, yeah. one or however many times that that particular box can can be used. And you can use it for one use. Right. You may not be able to use it for other stuff. Right. And Absolutely. so, yeah, I, you know, and so I 
when I saw how I was saving money by doing that, I'm like, wow. And so I kept doing that, but also it just gave me a sense of, of uh, you know, I felt very good and accomplished in the fact that I am feeding my family healthier things because I've controlled the ingredients that's in there and I don't have to have all these weird words, you know, that you can't, when you look on the back of the box on the ingredient list, mm -hmm. you got all these weird words that you can't say and you don't even know what they mean. Right. Which is basically just chemicals that they put in there and you don't know if that stuff is good for your body or not. Most people don't even go look those things up. Right. Those and, those scientific words that we can't pronounce. Which is kind of, so, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why I am blessed. I'm saying this because this goes back to saying about a wife, you find good fame. You know, when you are, I mean, seriously, let's go back to Proverbs. Oh, when you, I was going to say something, too. I was talking to my aunt yesterday and um i had given her an idea because you know she me and her we're pretty much alike when it comes to being frugal right you know she doesn't like to spend a lot of money on things and yeah. she try to make her money stretch and everything so you know another way i was able to help to be a help me to you was that instead of me spending money on washing powders you know stuff all the time i learned to make my own yeah and it lasts a lot longer. Oh well, I was talking to my aunt, and I had told her, you know, in a previous conversation about how I had learned about using um, vinegar in place of fabric softener. And I said, yeah, it sounds really, really weird because you're using vinegar versus a fabric softener that has a really, you know, pleasant scent that you, you know, you pick the scent that you like at the store. But the vinegar, that's a whole nother thing. But I said that uh, I use the vinegar in the rinse cycle the same way I would use the fabric softener. And I haven't bought fabric softener for, for several years now. Right. That, you know, I've been doing this. And I said, I could not believe how soft the towels and the sheets and everything come out feeling. Right. And I said, um, I haven't gone back to fabric softener since and the thing about it is the smell the vinegar smell is not does not stay in the clothes no it washes out and so whatever the scent of your washing powders or, or, or whatever was it picks up that scent and so when you go to dry you can smell it so she tried the whole thing with the vinegar she she got some fiber softener at the house that she hasn't even used in weeks she hadn't even touched it because she washed her clothes and she, you know, she still likes to hang her clothes on the clothesline right. you know, like a lot of people did back in the day. You know, she don't use a dryer right. to save money. And she said even when she hung her stuff out on, on the uh, clothesline and let it dry outside in the sun, she said her, she said her jeans and everything was so soft. She said, I am not going back to fabric softener. <laughs> so see, not, I was able to help us, you know, help you right. to save money, you know, in a sense of, you know, uh, laundry detergent and stuff, but I was able to help her with the information. So it's like, you know, even though my aunt's older than me, but I was able to give her some helpful information. Whereas if the tables were turned, that would be her as an older woman being able to give me that information. Right. That's what it, that's basically what it is because um, I want to go into the translations of this because it's it's so it's so so it's so verse in here that brings what you just said about that like the ESV. I want you to read the ESV on 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 uh, on this particular part of Titus chapter two verses three to five because it says something in here that's very 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 profound. 
There yet. Not don't read the ESV yet. Go to the New King James Version. Okay. And that right there brings a little bit in detail. Then the ESV. Then we go to the Amplified. Okay. So here is the New King James. It says, the older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemy. Wow. ESV says... The older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be uh, rival, uh, revel, rival, <clears throat> rivaled. Mm -hmm. The Amplified says, bid the older women similarly to be reverent and devout in their deportment as becomes those who are engaged in sacred service, not slanderers or slaves to drink. They are to give good counsel and be teachers of what is right and noble so that they will wisely train the young women to be sane and sober of mind, which is temperate or disciplined, and to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled, chaste, homemakers, good-natured, which is kind-hearted, adapting and subordinate themselves to their husbands, that the word of God may not be exposed to reproach, which is blasphemy or discredited. Wow. Let's read one more uh, translation in that, and that is the NASB. Can you go ahead and read that one? Then we'll go in and talk about these translations, how detailed they are with this. Okay, it says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Let's dig into this. This is good. This is a lot of meat. This is almost like a big old roast that's sitting right there ready to be cut. I have uh, something that um, I was learning about the teachers, of, you know, when it says to teach what is good. Right. I have learned some things about that. Then, um, if you want to, yes, me to share that. Um, now when we see here when it talks about teaching, you know, for the older women to teach what is good, the question is, what is it that they need to be teaching that is good? Well, if you look, you know, if you look at these scriptures in itself, you'll see those things that they need to be teaching. Right. But then a lot of the other things that we covered in the other, um, you know, other uh, episodes in the series. Those things are need, they need to be taught as well. Right. That's what the women should be teaching. All this other stuff that they're telling young girls and that they're doing, that's not according to scripture. 
Right. So what are some of these good things? Well, they need to be teaching them to love their husbands, to submit to their husbands. Right. They need to love their children. How many mothers aren't really loving their children like they should? Oh, my God. They we were. hear some sad cases about how just a lot of women not being mothers like they should. Right. That's true. Um, what else? They, you know, to be discreet. Oh, my goodness. Be chaste. I mean, we, we see women... <laughs> <laughs> Women are not discreet these days. No, they act to flamboyant. No. I mean, they just really out there, not even hiding it no more. Of course not. But they want to be me too's, and all this me too stuff. Want to do not to, you you can't touch, you can't do this, you can't say. But you want to put it on display. Well, you want yeah. Like you up for sale. Right, and, and, and that right there is almost like, if I wanted, to, if that's the case, if I was a sinful man. And, and I mean, was a sinful, I was a sinful man, but the point I'm saying about to say is that seeing women who's like that now, show, showing all their 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 uh, their nakedness, if you want, I call it nakedness because they are displaying their shape. They showing how what they have, and it's not very hard to be discreet. Well, it's, I mean, yes, the men are supposed to have you know have self control, right? But how are you helping things? It's right. like you. It's like you being the tempter. You are. You are tempting. Right. Exactly. Well, women in the church should know better than that. Right. But since when? Do. Since when are you supposed to go out there and cause someone to stumble? If right. you know they already have this within them, because even the Word of God says that that potential is there. So if you know this, then why would you even go out there and do that and then say, well, they just need to learn how to control themselves. They just need to this, they need to that. Um, what about what you're doing, though? Right. What's the discreet? What you're doing is not right. What's your discreet? Because look at your heart's motive there. Mm -hmm. It's not right. And then, so we were talking about this before, you know, with us having, you know, our, our son, you know, he's a young man and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way this whole thing with feminism and the Me Too and all of this, if he even, you know, it could get to the point where if he just tells a woman she looks good, she looks nice or something like that, she could take it wrong and then he could be in so much trouble. He could go well, to that's a scary thing for us as a parent to think that someone could take something that far. Right. And even from the standpoint of being nice, the women nowadays think that you are, you're after something. You want to get this. You want to get that. You're still not being discreet. You're not sober. You don't have no self-control. You're not being discreet because you want to do whatever you want to do. Because they got this, they, you know, it's just like um, we was reading about in First Peter chapter three last week. Right. You know, look at look at their heart, yeah. their, their attitude. There's yeah. no meek and gentleness there. Right. Just ugliness. Yeah. They 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 want to work on the outside and make it look so good. They want to do all this exercising and wear all these certain types of clothing. They have so much emphasis on their outer appearance, but on the inside. Right. Just, 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 just rotten to the core. Yeah. Because their heart is so ugly. Look at what's fuming out of them when they get mad and just the attitude that they have about things and the way they talk to people and talk to men and it's just crazy. Right. And it's it's disgusting because and if, women and women in the church want to be like this. Yeah. They take on these things that they see on TV and, and in these people in the entertainment industry and just out here in society. And they want to be this. Yeah. They, they don't want to be women of God. No. 
Because see, think about it in the Amplify where it says, "So that no, this is for the older women to do, so that they will wisely train young women to be sane and sober in of mind." Yeah, these are the good things that they are supposed to be teaching. Right. I'm glad you brought this up about these these things that 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 the older women are supposed to be teaching the younger women. Especially be tempered, disciplined, and to love their husbands and their children. But also it is to be self-control. Lord, give me scream with this one. <laughs> Remember we talked about earlier yeah. about you know keep, keeping your emotions under control. And, yeah, you know how you how you react to things and stuff like that. Right. You know, get yourself together. Yeah. Yeah. Think about how what you are about to say or do is going to affect the other person. Instead of just go, we know people, they want to say what's on their mind, not have any discernment of what they're about to say. They they want to say, well, I'm I'm going to say what's on my mind. I'm, it's, it's the truth. Wait a minute. Or sometimes, you know, <laughs> in some cases, like with, with what was going on with me was, well, I, I, I think I'm just being helpful because this needs to be said. Right. You know, because he's not getting that. And I need to keep saying this over, over, over again. That's that momminess yeah. in you taking over with your husband, which he don't need that because he don't, he didn't, he didn't marry you to get another mommy in his life. Right. You know, you know but you know, it's hard to switch those roles as a woman. Those hats. It just comes hard. comes out automatically, you know, yeah. because it's like you're doing something that is, um, you know, either hurtful or destruct destructing, and we need something needs to be done about this. And you're not hearing it, so I'm going to keep saying it to you. Right, hear right, it. right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so some men be like, you know, I married a lot of men. Say, I not, I did not marry my, my, I did not marry my mother, and I already have a mother. I don't need my wife to be my mother. She needs to be the mother to her children. I'm not her child. I want her to realize that. And some guys go so far that would be destructive to get her attention to say, look, I'm your husband. And a lot of guys be like, a lot of women be like, wait a minute. I said, I'm your husband. I'm not your child. Or some guys are just passive and don't and say they anything. Don't say anything. Or and, they walk but, away. But they'll walk away. But see, the, I've seen this happen. This is a true thing that um, even some men don't need to be tell, they need to come out as the truth. Being passive, saying, well, I let her do this. Do you know that the more passive you become, it's almost like a Coca-Cola bottle. The more you keep shaking it, the more you keep doing that, it will do two things. It's going to go so far that when you open it, it will come right out. Or, or if you don't open that bottle, it will go flat and he will be no good to you as a leader. That's a true game, man, because you think about it. You becoming passive by allowing your wife's behavior out of sin to become the most 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 necessary thing in your home. That's not biblical. What's biblical is that you need to be leader of the home and you need to bring correction to her if you are believers. Bring correction to her. But even with that, you do need to show some leadership. If she do go out and try to do your role. All you need to do is sit back and say, baby, this I got this. I am your husband. I love you. I'm going to love you like Christ said to love you. But I'm your husband, and I'm leading this thing. God, Christ is, is over me. He's leading me. So if you believe in Christ, 
believe in Christ in me to leave this home. Don't come here and try to take my role. But uh, and, a lot of husbands, you know, may not be like that though. They may not be right. saying what you're saying, and so then some wives listening may be thinking, "But what if I don't have a husband that's like that? He's not saying those things that you say. He may be the type of guy. He's just ignoring everything, and he's not doing anything about anything that's going on." I'm, I'm gonna bring this home. I'm gonna bring this home. Now, for husbands that don't say nothing or do nothing and being very passive, you need to. This is what's going to do. Just leave. This I know it sounds hard, but think about it. You in your mind say, "Well, this needs to be done. Somebody need to do this. My wife cannot do this. I got to do something." And this is how you do it. What I mean is, it's not you know you don't step in and, and um, try to control the situation. What you need to do is this: you start to become more of what you need to do to leave. Like for instance, you go in as you know, as a concerning husband, as a baby, is this role? If, if if are you, do you need me to help you get this house in order? And you'll probably say, "What are you talking about?" Well, this is what I'm talking about here. We get this house in order. Let me help you in these areas that you know that you cannot control, which means Lee and things like that. Just start naming those areas. Then when you start uh, naming those areas that is in your role to lead, you know how much of the pressure that she's that that is now she's getting rid of her her uh, uh, taking the leadership role by saying, "Okay, I need help with this. I need help because think about it, when you out of your role as a uh, out of your roles as a husband wife, if your husband no, is passive. He could go in as a concerned husband and say, "I want to be able to help to get get this this monkey off your back." Well, I know that you know through experience that that's not necessarily what a lot of wives experience with a passive husband. Normally, with a passive husband, he won't say anything or do anything. Right. And so, what she needs to do is to learn from a more mature Christian, you know, woman, a sister in Christ, mm -hmm. how she can help in that situation because she can't just make him get up and do things. True, that's you know, I'm she glad can't, about she that. She can't nag him into to to playing his role because maybe he maybe he doesn't understand right. what he should be doing or he could be scared or whatever. But what she can do if she finds herself in that situation, she needs to step back. And what I mean by stepping back is where she tends to just take over and make the decision, she needs to just make up her mind not to do that. She needs to step back by allowing him to be able to say something or do something about the situation. So she can, as a help me, what she can do is she can, in a nice way, talk to him about it in a very nice and quite kind, respectful way bring up a concern at an appropriate time. You know, she don't want to bring it up when he's, like, not in a good mood or he's tired or something like that. But when it's a good time, she needs to, you know, bring it up in a nice way. Right. Not, not where she's, like, blaming him or attacking him or anything like that. But, you know, she could, you know, make some suggestions in a sense that it would be something that he could do. Right. 
or she could come, approach him like ask him questions you know well what would you do about such and such and such, and such? maybe he don't know what he would do but still she's inviting him to think about it to think about the situation and if she is, is, is truly a concern I know we've had times where I was concerned about something and um, you know the experience with us would be that you didn't you wouldn't like really show that you cared or want to do anything about it and so what I started doing was just expressing to you how nervous it would make me feel right you know that if we if something wasn't done about certain things or or I was misunderstanding the fact that, you know, I, I was thinking that you didn't care. And so when we talked about that and I was just, you know, open and honest and vulnerable with you about that, mm -hmm. it, it did not turn to an argument because of the way I approached you about it. And you started to understand where I was coming from and, right. and the need for you to, you know, let me know whenever you, you know, made a decision about something. But you knew that a decision needed to be made. Right. Right. But it was like we would go through situations and it was like you say you would get back to me, but then you would never get back to me days and weeks at a time. And so I had to learn that, you know, after a certain period of time, you know, to go back and approach you about it, but not to, you know, come at just just come at you all hardball. Like, you know, I'm trying to tell you what to do or control you or, or just act in fear right. and scared about the whole thing. And, you know be about to have a break you know emotional breakdown or whatever right. i need to be a wise woman yeah and that's one thing is that you know i'm approaching you as a wise woman but also too you know i need to pray before i approach you because i need to bring these things before god i need to cast my cares upon him you, you god just because you're the leader of our home does not mean you have all the answers yeah you don't have all the answers and i need to respect that right you know you are not god and so Amen. I need to give you time to think and process things. Yes, ma'am. But sometimes, you know, I would think that you had, like, literally forgot something. And so I had to, you know, bring things back to your remembrance. But it had to be in a, in a respectful way. Yeah. And then you would assure me, you know, that, oh, yes, you know, I'm going to, something's going to be done about this. Just don't worry. And so you would comfort me and assure me that everything's going to be fine but in the back of my mind i'm thinking no something needs to be done now but you know i can't react like that because it's not helping you and plus i'm not giving you the room to lead yeah if i keep showing you that i don't have confidence in your leadership it's not helping you to grow in your own confidence as being a leader because you had explained to me that as a man, you you would be afraid that you couldn't lead and you couldn't make right decisions and stuff. So how is me as a wife, me reacting to you, going to help you in that? Right. You see, yeah. because marriage is a ministry. Yeah. And so for me to do my part in this ministry, which is being your help me, I need to help and not cause, you know, cause a stumbling block mm -hmm. because of my reactions. True. So it's not that I'm sitting back and enabling any type of sin or whatever and, you know, not, um, you know, just letting things just be or whatever, but my reactions to things. And some things are just not that crucial for me to be reacting to because I really need to be trusting God on certain things and not looking for you to play the part of God because you're not God. Never will be. And, and, and you know, what? this is one thing I want to really put out there. I'm glad you did. And let me reiterate what we just said about what a husband's supposed to do if he is in that situation, not leading. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up 
is when you do face that situation, you do need to, like you said, step back and you do need to pray. First pray first before you do the uh, the actual allow him to leave. Ask the Lord what the, what how can I approach my husband? And most likely God will say will will give you the answers and could be a, another older woman who had that situation the same way. And she can help and guide, can help you, guide into, you to that to um having a conversation with your husband. There were times when I prayed before com- approaching you and God told me, No, don't say that. Don't even don't go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and I would have to just rethink the whole thing and say it in a different way or not or just not even bother to even go there because I know there would be times where the Holy Spirit you know, would you know? I would have to. He would quiet me and tell me, you know, it's gonna. You're at panic mode. It's gonna be okay. Don't panic. Don't approach him because you know that if you do that, you you know he's still growing, and you don't want to, you know, cause any stumbling in him. So mm-hmm. don't go. Don't go with him with that. You're gonna you're gonna hurt what he's what I'm trying to do in him right now. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to even just. Some things I would have to let him let him go because it wasn't really that important and crucial for me to even go there with yeah. you about it because of where it could lead to. Right, right. And so, yeah, sometimes God, you know, would lead me to not say anything mm-hmm. because he was showing me that I was 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 getting all caught up in my emotions about the situation. And it wasn't like it wasn't a situation that needed something didn't need to be done about it, but it was the way I was handling it within myself mm. and so even after the fact when you would tell me that everything was going to be okay sometimes it wasn't even settled in my heart and my mind that it was okay right but god's like don't do that right because i'm not respecting your leadership right i don't know what's going on in the background i right. just know what i'm seeing right there in front of me and, usually, and that's what I'm reacting to is what's going on right there in front of me. Right. You see, that's <laughs> that's one of the things I want to say for men who are passive. When your wife do step back and allow you to lead, take the take your take that. It's showing you that you are still man of the house. Let me ask you something. Did mm-hmm. you always know when I was stepping back or you didn't know all the time, did you? When I was uh, at first, no, until when I started learning my role. And when I started learning my role a little bit more and know certain things, certain situations, certain uh, 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 scenarios. Like I wasn't like doing anything about right. stuff. Yeah, exactly. It was weird for you. It was like, weird because usually was... she would do something and she's not doing anything. You right. didn't even know what was going on. No. But see, I was stepping and I had explained to you that that's, that was me stepping back and right. then allowing you to do something about the situation. Now, if you didn't do anything about it and then things turned out a certain way, well, see, still even God is trying to help you to see the consequences of not making a of decision. Of not making a decision. But I couldn't get in the way of God showing you that. Right. So if that means that sometimes I have to go through some undesirable situations, well, it's not the end of the world. And I'm going to be okay, even right. if I have to go through something unpleasant. But God, I can't get in the way of God being able to show you this stuff. Right. And that's the key element there for a man. And I'm glad you did that because see, yeah, when I didn't, I didn't know. Sometimes things had to fall apart yeah. for you to see that something needs to be done. Yeah. 
And <laughs> this is all I, me to do something. Yeah, and, and and when things don't get done and when I don't do, do not make a decision or act upon a, of what I need to do, it fought, when it do fall apart, I didn't go blame you or blame God. I had to take ownership. Mm -hmm. And when I took the... See, this is the key of learning how to get out of being a passive man. This is how... Especially for me, I was passive aggressive. It was not, I was passive, I was passive aggressive because I would allow you to do the things, but I got angry behind mm -hmm. it. But mm -hmm. I digress. With that said, when I realized that, wait a minute, it's not her fault of why this, this, is, this decision was made, nor was it God. It's my fault because I did not make the decision. You see, I did not follow through. I did not. Obey God. When I saw that, it goes back to what 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 what, what Adam did, and God, I, I had to look at what Adam did, and realize he did exactly what I did. And I'm sitting here like, okay, but I took ownership of it. Adam didn't took ownership. He just let he blamed Eve. But if I blame you for it, that's more pressure on you for something that you have no control over but see all the times when i would step in and do something about the situation right you know early on you could never see why you needed to make a decision and so it wasn't really helping you to learn and grow in your role because right. you had someone always coming in and res right. rescuing you. you right and so when i stopped doing that because god you know showed me that I asked you to do this. I did not tell you to do his part. And right. so it just, it, it took a long time for me to understand why. Because, you know, when I, I'm coming from a whole lot of women who, you know, they are doing those very, I was operating under what I had been seeing growing up. I did not really understand that. Mm -hmm. that this is what, this is all you've been seeing growing up. Right. You've been seeing women who do that because you've been under the whole umbrella of, you know, um, no, no good men out there and they not doing their part and blah, blah, blah. I have to be the, the mama and the dad and blah, blah, blah. No, all these things. Right. I grew up under all of that. And so even though I desire something different, you know, in our own family, I just didn't understand the way I was reacting to things was because of what I had been around and everything that I seen out here in society. And so, you know, I'm like, somebody got to be the responsible person in this thing. But, you know, I just didn't understand the disrespect it was towards you because you needed me to believe in you. You needed me to support you. You needed me to be by your side. And you didn't have to be a perfect husband for me to do that. Right. It's not about you being a perfect husband for me to do that. Right. I just need to operate in my role and trust God with the rest. Right. Leave you in God's hands for God to deal with you if you were doing what he wanted you to do or not. That wasn't that shouldn't have been my concern. That shouldn't have been my focus. Yeah. You just needed my support and I didn't know that the the support that you were needing so much at the time was for someone to believe in you. I did not, re I, I knew that you needed it, but I didn't understand the depth of it. Because right. you really desperately needed that. And the reason why was because you were struggling to believe that for yourself. 
because of the things that were told to you growing up and yeah. you know and, and and all of the different things you that you failed at and things like that and so you were just pretty much just you had nothing right you really really were struggling and i just couldn't grasp the depth of that and so where you know I'm, I'm like okay he's a grown man you know he should know how to do this for himself i made decisions myself and things like that and so i just just did i couldn't understand mm -hmm. you really desperately needed me in that sense as your help me i couldn't have faith for you that's not something that i could do right no one can do that for another person so that's Absolutely. not what it was that you were needing but what you needed was for someone to say they believed in you that was basically and, it. And, and, and not only just say that, but just the little things that you did. I'm proud of that decision that you made. You did a good job. You're, 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 you're good at this. You're wonderful at that. Thank you for, for going out there and, and, and working hard and providing for us. You needed those little things because those little things kept building you up to believe mm -hmm. what you believe now. Even you told me, you know, with starting the radio, radio network and everything, you said that if it had not been for me believing in you, even though I really didn't understand why you were doing it, it just, I mean, I just couldn't understand why you'd want to do it, but I just kept encouraging and saying, encouraging you, and I would say, you know, well, you're really good at, at doing those things, you know, yeah, you, I believe you can help people doing that, because you love to help people, and, you know, and I would ask you how things were going, and things like that, and I would smile, and say, that's really great, even though I didn't understand why you were doing it, but I kept doing that, and you said that went a long way in helping to build your confidence. Yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking that you needed confidence. You know, it looked like looked to me like you knew you had it, you know, all figured out. But you said it, it it went a long way in helping with your confidence. And so, after I just kept thinking about that and considering that for so long, you know, and just dwelling on that, I realized that God was telling me I need to keep doing more of that, and not just with the with the uh, radio network, but just with other things in our lives in general. You just need me to keep saying, you know good things to you right even if it's just something small you know so that you can feel like you you are able to do it because yeah. you know a person is not going to grow and flourish under a bunch of negativity right you know you know flowers even need care thank you and a and a, and a flower that's not tended to will, will wilt yeah and so but you don't expect for that flower to be perfect. If that flower has something wrong with it, if you you know how to, you know, what all it needs to be cared for, you can bring something that looks like it's dying back to life exactly. because you know what it needs. Right. And so a wife has to look at that in her role with her husband, not let society tell her, well, he ought to be this and he ought to be that. And then the people in the church who listen to society do the same thing yeah motivation speakers you see and yeah. so it's like a lot of husbands are dying inside they, they don't know of course you know it looks to the wife like he don't know how to man up it, yeah it looks that way but you missing the, the point is that you don't know how to operate in your role because you could help that amen well said. You can't make his decisions for him, and you can't believe for him, but you can help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can be that one person in his life that, that could, says all the right things mm -hmm. that he needs to hear. And you could be, he, and he, could and it do. could be doing something on the inside of him. Maybe you don't see it automatically, but over time, 
it will start to show because that's what happened with us. I couldn't see things, you know, immediately, but over time, look now that I'm looking back now, I can see where you have come. I'm like, wow, it's because I started doing what God told me to do. Right. Not listening to all these other people t- saying all this other junk, but right. doing what God told me to do. Right. And now it's like, wow, I can see. Right. You know, I took take time to appreciate the small little things right. and stop worrying about the big stuff. Right. You know, right. having a life that I always dreamed I wanted to have. Right. No, I'm going to live the life that God has has um, has for me to live right here and now each step of the way. I'm I'm going to go with him from glory to glory right. in this thing. Right. And, and I'm so glad that you did hear the Lord on that because now when you, when, you know, with different obstacles come up, everything else, and your prayer for me to become this leader of the home, the breed leader of, this, of our home, it's a very, very key. It's very key. And, and I'm telling anybody this, you know, wise, you, 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 will be, you could be very, very helpful to your husband in so many ways. Uh, if you just step out of yourself for a minute, just step out for a minute. And, and, and um, to to really focus on what God told you to do, look at the yeah. impact of it is so remarkable. Yeah, I know that um, I prayed for you to you know be a better leader and things like that. And the expectation I had to had to throw that out the window. I could, it couldn't be about what I wanted you to be. I had to once I put that prayer out there. I had to. No, I put the prayer out there, and then I just left left it alone, and I let God grow you into the man that yeah. He wants you to be. And so, when it became about what He wanted you to be, I it, I learned to appreciate that because it's like, well, this is not how I thought it would be, but I am actually liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, because it wasn't about what I wanted. It's what it he, wasn't about the picture of what I thought a leader should be, what a man should be. It was all about what God knew I needed right. in my life, what our son needed. Right. You're being what our family needs. Yeah. And the thing is, so let me tell you this one thing, and we're going to go ahead and close this. And um, I want to say this because this is, this, I know this is well, well, well said, need to be said. What you have done in our lives as a wonderful wife as a mother and as a as a as a as a, a daughter to to God what you have done you have synopsically made God to be just the, the the foundation you help you have God use you to help us realize how much do we need to have him to be the centerpiece of our lives and for a husband to really take the take on that role of being a leader for a wife to be your help me. I'm going back to the, to the, the, uh, the stuff that we learned about so far. That wife being a help me that she, she became. No, you became a help me. You, you helped me to become what God calls me to be. You did all the things that God called you to do, but you helped me to be what God said that I need to be so you became a help me. The, the, and the second thing is that's very very important is that I'm learning to appreciate the things that you do for us 
you know, for as, you know, for, for a husband. I mean, um, you, not only that you obey, you obey God. You obey God so well that, you know, when you obey God, you became an excellent wife. You walk in that excellence of God. You start to understand who you are with God by walking in excellence with him. Men in this way, you fear the Lord. You reverence the Lord. You fear him. And people want to say, fear the Lord is mean that you respect God so much that you will obey. That needs to be said. Because that's what you did. And the third, and the, I mean, the most important thing all is the intimate, be the intimacy. Being intimate to the person that you love, you become one with them. We not only to say that, you know, it's not about the sex part, but being intimate is that you learn who they are. You, you put in the, 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 the crests of, of oneness to the person that you are with 100%. It's not no 50s, it's not the 25, it's not the 75, it's not the 80, it's not even 90, it's not even 99.9, it's 100% of total intimacy with one another. And of course, to understand how to be submissive. Submission is, is a hard word in today's society, but we're not supposed to be living by today's society. So today's society is not the key element of what it needs to be of anything. Because today today's society lies. And what we need to do is to embrace the word God, what it means to submit. You, if it's easy for you to say you submit to God, it should be easy for you to submit to your husband. Because but but you gotta understand something here. God said this. Submit to your husband. He did not say that he had to be a Christian or not. You see, that's the key element. See, I wasn't a Christian, but you did submit to me. Then when your submission to me, that led me to uh, to God. Because you give me up to God. When you said, I'm giving you up to God because how much you love me. You did this out of obedience because even though that you did submit to me in things that did help the family, you did not submit to my sin. Let me put that key. Let me put that in there as well. You did not submit to my sin. You did not support yourself into my sin. You support. You did. You support yourself in me when I am doing God's will, or not. But you did not submit to my sin. To submit to your role. You submit to my role, which that brings to the last part of this, is that the role that you really humbly embrace to do as a godly wife, you know you're you walking into the role that God has given to you. And that role is very key because without the role, you in your own way, our, our home will not function correctly. So, for that reason, you walk into your role that God has given you, and now you embrace this so so vividly because now you walk in obedience. You could follow the role of an older woman to teach younger women how to become godly wives, and that's the whole purpose of this whole whole series.
is to really get you guys to understand that these this 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 these things that is being said is from God Himself. It's not for us to tell you what to do. It's for you to hear and read it for yourself what the God what God's word says. It's plain scripture in my, on my wife's uh, blog, and you can go to rcrnetwork.com and you can read it for yourself. You can see what she's talking about. You can see what she's saying because it's there. And those elements is true because what she's talking about is that this is the way that God has helped me to become what a godly wife. Not a good wife. Not a wife that society said, this is a good woman. No, a godly wife. A biblical, written, godly wife that God has given to her to become. And she is becoming this way in so many ways. So now, we at the end. Oh, I'm about to cry. Uh, <laughs> we are at the end of this series. But this series is so profound. Even for me, um, I'm so, 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 so happy. And so, so with words. I'm about to cry here. I don't know why. But I am in so much in words with this whole this series that my wife did an extraordinary job. As uh, a lot of people have. You're going to cry because you're going to miss these. Yeah, broadcast, huh? yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm about to miss it. I'm about, I'm start missing them now. But my point is, is that, oh uh, man, the series. I mean, I, I believe we're gonna get another one together soon, but not. I don't know when. But the point I'm trying to say is that this series alone was a very, 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 very powerful one to me. A lot of people did chime in 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 that. And a lot of people have been um, listening in over almost near the million listeners that has been coming in and listening to the series. And we do appreciate it. even though some of the series was in the times of, the, you know, getting into Thanksgiving and going to the Christmas season. The whole point is that the series itself, it was a God sent. This is what God has been calling for us to, to do for a very long time to talk about these roles. And now, since this role about biblical you no know, wife has has uh, is 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 has been put into the uh, forefront, we will be talking about things what it looks like for a biblical husband. And the whole thing about it is is exactly was a separate. That's is the boy did separate husband, the separate uh, the separate concept from. But the thing I'm trying to say is that this whole series has tremendously help a lot of people and we're going to have it available for you once we are completely done with it so you could be able to listen to the whole series anytime anytime anywhere no matter what 24 hours a day seven days out of the week so we want to really say thank you so much for to allow us to come into your lives to talk about what it looks like to be a godly wife um, my wife, I commend her for this this whole thing she done. I commend Tawana so much because of what God's doing through her, and all the things that God has done through her, through our family. She's now she's touching yours, 
And I, I, I'm just so proud of her 100%. It's so funny because <laughs> I always said I did not want to be on the radio. <laughs> and you kept saying, I'm going to get you on there one day. One day I'm going to get you on there. And I kept thinking, no, you're not. <laughs> but then one day God was like, you know, when I was uh, you know, doing some more study on submission and things like that, and God was like, well, you know that you need to submit to him on, the, on this thing. <laughs> if he asks you to do, to do a broadcast with him, you need to submit. You need to show that you respect his, his, his leadership over you. So mm. I remember the night we were laying in bed when you were talking about that, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this thing with you. <laughs> Because I was so shocked when you was when you had read the uh, series I had did on my blog. You said I think that we need to put that on the on the radio network on the family unit. It would be perfect for the family unit. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. It, and I said, you know what? God is telling me I need to go ahead and do this with you. Yeah. I'm and you was just smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I was. I, I said, I said because I respect what you do, and I just want to show you, show you my support. So I'm gonna go ahead and do this broadcast with you. Oh my God. I'm and gonna get brave enough and do it. <laughs> I want to collapse on that because it is a tremendous, wonderful experience, and it's more. We got a lot more to come. Um, She's not done yet. God is telling me a lot. She's not done yet. My wife is not done yet. She she's gonna be back in a, in a later time. Um, and I believe that what she's gonna bring is what God's gonna show her to bring. And even with that, uh, could be a couple other things that we'll do projects together with with that we're gonna be talking about. We don't know. We're just going. We just, I just thank God. That we got to this part. I thank you baby. Of all my heart. Thank you so much. For not only just trust me. For us to do this together. But to do it together period. And this series. It was well needed. I promise you people. Are going to get blessed with this. Um, so many people our friends. Has been saying. Oh man I got to listen to. To to what. <laughs> Believe me, you will, you are, and you have, and now it's coming to Farisha. So thank you so much, baby, for all you have done, especially this series. This series is life-changing. To me, it's worth it. This whole thing, being a godly wife and to understand your roles, your role as a godly wife, to understand your, 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 your way with God in this whole matter. Is well needed. That's really the whole bunt of this whole thing. Is is well needed. So I want to say thank you so much, baby. But let's go ahead and pray. And once we pray, everything else, we will go ahead and sign off of this series, and we will go back, come back next time on the Fairy and Radio. So go ahead, boo boo. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us what your word has to say about a wife's true role according to your word where there has been any misunderstanding or confusion i pray your holy spirit will help us to come under your will i also pray that the older women will obey the scriptures by teaching the younger women what the scriptures say they are to teach and I pray that the younger women be willing to be taught as well. 
way <clears throat> may we as God godly women embrace your standard and not the world's standard in Jesus name amen and, and father God thank you thank you father for this opportunity to we do come together as husband and wife to really bring in your perspective not our own but yours we thank you so much father for this series that it has really changed people's lives and we pray that this series will go a little bit further for other people to listen and glean from you father and the more they glean from you father they will understand that what you have to say in your word is absolute truth it is the foundation of who you are everything you come that you brought is what you said and we stand behind in 100%. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Because of your word, how beautiful it is, we glorify you because you are the orchestrator of everything. Without you, Father, we couldn't do this without you. We could not even make it to the part of saying hi about this on this broadcast. But thank you so much, Father, for your truth and your confidence in us. And your confidence that the Holy Spirit gave us to do this. We cannot do it without you. Thank you so much for everything you do. For everything you said. And for everything we has become. And we praise you so much, Father, right now. In Jesus' wonderful and holy matrimony name. Amen. Amen. So we want to thank you to everyone you for be part of the family radio show. We want to thank you. And, and thank you so much. And We'll be, be blessed in the Lord and we praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Family Unit Radio Show. We pray that this radio show helps you understand God's design for the family according to His Word. Tune in next week for more from the Family Unit. And may God bless you. The Family Unit Radio Show is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.